Welcome to the 347th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on July 30th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's springing out of the shadows, Carlos Rodella. Oh, because I'm playing stealth games this week? No, because this was supposed to be your off week, and you surprised me by oh. springing out of the shadows and rejoining the show. I always miss like your whole idea at the beginning we are, of the We show. are not on the same. I should brief you on these before we do we them. We could someday, but why start now? That's a good point. Why start now? We've already done like 300 episodes. Yeah. No point starting now. I am out of the uh, woods or the jungle as I was. And so they didn't need me this weekend. So uh, oh, path is clear. Didn't need to cut yeah. back any any shrubbery and you're good to go. No, it's good to go. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, always good to have you aboard, my good friend. I'm glad I won't have to be doing the show by myself. So a second voice is always welcome. Well, that's what I got. The second voice. You got a second voice. Okay, check. I'm going to be that today. Good. All right. Well, excellent. I'm glad you're here. Folks, we're back. It's the two of us. We're doing another show. You know how this goes. Um, we're going to kick it off. We got a lot. In fact, this may be this may be our biggest show ever. I don't know about time-wise. Maybe not time-wise, but in terms of the number of games covered, Yeah. I feel like this might be our biggest show ever. But we're going to we're gonna burn through a lot of these. It's I think it is, long. and we're going to go through fast. But we're what happened fast. is pre-show i was talking to brad and saying like yeah you know i get in these modes where i want to play a game and nothing's clicking with me so i just burn through a bunch of games oh yeah oh yeah um, we both Same. do that yeah, yeah I, I often do that yeah so and if the, the difference is you bring them to the show and i sometimes i don't so today i brought all the games that i've been burning through there you go taking a page from my playbook bringing yeah. all the games uh, even if they're good or bad probably yep. probably bad i'm guessing since you didn't stick with some them, so. yeah that's a worthwhile discussion, though, because, you know, I know we like to keep it positive and stuff, but sometimes hearing somebody talk about a game and being like, yeah, it wasn't that great, it'll save somebody 20 bucks that they maybe would have bought. And then if they if they know that their tastes align with ours and they hear us saying, ah, this wasn't so great, hey, man, saving them a couple bucks, that's a service. That's just as good as a service as it is of recommending something good, too, you know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get on with the show because we've got a lot to talk about. Folks, you know and I know that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. His side, my side, everything's a mess, and we're going to tidy up right here and right now. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what is on your side of the room this week, my friend? Well, uh, might as well start with the Diablo news. Okay. Uh, Diablo 4 is a game I've been playing, obviously talking about on the show all the time. Yes. And I started Seasons, and I got up to like level 36 or something with my seasonal character. Okay, so you were putting some time in. That was quite a bit of time to do that. Yeah. Um, I beat the campaign, by the way. Oh, uh, did there's you? Okay, a seasonal good. campaign, and I thought that it was locked behind the battle pass, but it wasn't. It was just you had to like be a certain level to beat some of the dungeons or whatever. So I got up to like level 35, which is what I needed to be or something, and then, yeah, I beat the boss of the campaign. Nice, congratulations. Was Thank it you. Um, different than the main game? Was it a brand new boss? Yeah, it's a brand new story. Okay, cool. But it's it's very light in story, like I, I mentioned last episode. Um, I wish they had more story. But then when you do that, then it's just like you're playing the game again. So I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I've been playing the game. Uh, and I made a skit about it, of course, on TikTok. Because that's what out. you do. Yep. Carl Sardell on TikTok. And it was me breaking up with Diablo 4. Um, and then Diablo 4 at the end of the sketch is saying, you'll be back. And Diablo 4 is right. 
I will be back. Um, <laughs> I know like the next season or something, I'll probably pop back in. But for now, there's enough games coming out, and we'll talk about a bunch of them on the show today, uh, especially in August, so many games coming out, that, yeah, it's on the back burner. It's I've broken up for now. Well, you know, sometimes space is good if it's not an entirely healthy relationship, and it seems like, you know, probably you would benefit from seeing other people right now. Yes, that's what I say in the sketch. I'm seeing other games. Oh, sorry, um, is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you and the uh, nail in the head. There we go. There we go. I could write these for you. Easy. You could. You should. <laughs> I need some help. All right. So Diablo 4 is at break. Um, I saw, oh, yeah, there's like so many different, you know, fests happening on Steam. Oh, dude, I feel like they're constantly, I feel like they are going from one fest directly into another. I mm-hmm. feel like we have just gotten through like four of them, and I just, I can't even keep up, dude. We can't. But I went over there for some reason. Oh, it's because of the YouTube channel, which I really like, and I don't know if I mentioned on the show before. They're called Alpha Beta Gamer. I don't know if um, I've heard about this one. They really just cover like all these indie games that are like either in early access or you know beta access or whatever. And they always turn me on to something cool. And the game they turned me on to was called Keepsake County. The demo's out right now as part of Stealth Fest. Oh, Jesus. Stealth Fest is what's going on right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But um, it's so fun. It's one of those like first person but cartoony graphics, Ugh, like super out. cartoony graphics. I'm You're out. out. Okay, okay. But you steal everything. So you go into a house and you steal stuff, and then you try to get out and get to your car and leave. It's sure. super addictive because it's super fun and quick, and you can steal anything. Like there's posters on the wall, there's something on the counter, and it's just kind of addictive to go in there and just what about steal a couch? things. Can you steal their couch? You can steal TVs. Uh, okay. I don't know if I stole a couch before. All right. But it just feels like closet. Steal their closet. That's like physically impossible. Uh, it's a video game. Anything's possible. Okay. The point is, it's they go. If it's not nailed down, you can steal it. So um, it's pretty fun and, and addictive. So check out Keepsake County. It's on Steam right now as a demo, and also Alphabet Gamer on YouTube have tons of indie games. If we've missed a game on this show, they've talked about it. You know what that makes me think of? This is a complete tangent, but you're old enough to remember this, probably. I, I know you are. Did you remember a serial called Alphabets back in the day? Remember mm-hmm. Alphabets? Alphabet Gamer makes me think of that. And I'm sure people are like, so what? What's that got to do anything? Nothing. It does Nothing at all. Yeah. But when you get to be an old person, you have these random flashes of memory. And I haven't had Alphabet cereal in probably 30 years. But now that you mentioned it, boy, I would like a bowl of that now. And that's um, impossible because I'm sure they stopped making it 30 years ago. Well, somewhere on eBay, there's a box of it. Gross. Because you watch those YouTube Gross. channels and people Gross. eat them. Like yeah. 30-year-old cereals? Oh, yeah. What's his name did it? Um, is it John Riggs, right? I don't know that. Yeah, I, I think he know. he does that too sometimes. That's, that's you're putting your life on the line right there. Well, I don't think you're going to die from old cereal. Ugh. Yeah, we'll see. But, that's uh, what that's that's what somebody says right before they die from old cereal. Right. When's the last news uh, story you've heard of someone dies from old cereal? Never is the well. Answer. Big cereals keeping them story suppressed, dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, um, Alphabets, by the way, was a terrible cereal. It was a terrible cereal. Yeah. Yes. Because I remember, because I was old enough to eat it. Yeah, it was gross. Um, okay, so the other, the other thing real quick is video game called, uh, oh, video called I Hate Fun. So people were talking about, this is a Diablo adjacent, how developers, you know, making games for the hook, right? If it's not monetized and all the whole kind of like uh, pay to win kind of stuff, uh-huh. it's it could still be that style, this is just like a YouTube, like, you know, via doc, like little video about it and how certain developers have found hooks for players and then they keep doing those hooks. Like Destiny is a good example, right? Like you can spend money in that, but it's mainly like the hook is 
to keep you playing. Sure. So it's almost like, I don't know, just this whole discussion about how developers maybe shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do which? They shouldn't develop for money or shouldn't develop for fun? No, they should develop for fun and they shouldn't develop for hook. Meaning like not even just the monetization part of it, pay to win. More like, and it's hard without explaining, explaining this without seeing the video, but basically... You know, certain developers have figured out hooks for games that get people wanting to play and keep playing and keep playing, like games as service, et cetera. Sure. But then they just keep doing that instead of actually like making it fun, right? They just keep building things that are hooks. And so, you, so do you mean like tapping into somebody's like 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 a compulsive kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And okay. I mean that is kind of you know part of the story with Diablo Four, where like why do I keep wanting to play it for this dopamine rush, right? Uh, it, it, they do enough hooks to keep me in there. But when I'm doing it, sometimes I just feel like I'm finishing a quest to finish a quest, right? Yeah. Um, like an MMO style or something. And it, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a bigger discussion to have, but it's like, do you develop around fun or do you develop around something that will keep the player playing your game? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I didn't see that documentary, so I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs. We'll link it in the show. About, yeah, we can link it in the show notes and we'll totally forget. So we won't do that. But nice. um it's like, you know, I, I, I think that there's definitely I think Halo really kind of fucked people up in a way because the big takeaway from Halo was the developer. I forget who it was, but his big thing was like, oh, in Halo, we designed for like, a, I don't know, like a 30 second loop or something. And he's like, and if you can replicate that loop, then you've got a whole game ahead of you. And like, right. I fundamentally disagree with that because I'm not a Halo fan, but clearly it does connect with some people on a certain level. But then you take it one step further. And like you're saying, like if you start developing towards people's compulsions or like these 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 behavior things that people sometimes have where they want to just do one more maybe they're not even really having that much fun but they want to just do one more because you know like you said the dopamine rush of checking something off a list or just feeling like you accomplished something and we're all so tired and defeated and kept down by the man in our daily lives checking off a quest feels like sometimes the only victory you can have in your life and sometimes you got to just do that thing even if it's not so fun but you know i i think that for me, anyway, I don't know if other people agree or whatever, but like that only can take you so far. And even the best 30 second loop, I don't think can really sustain an entire game. Of course, Halo would disagree with me, but I don't think Halo is a very good game. So I guess there's that, too. Mm. I, I, I like people who take a different approach to game design and, and maybe there's different schools of thought. Right. Maybe some people just like that loop and that's fine. And if you like it, I don't mean to harsh or mellow. You know, we can all we can all get along. We can all like what we like. And that's totally fine. But for me, I definitely like something with like more of a beginning, middle end, more of a. Um, you know, a growth or some kind of exploration of a subject or something, just doing those kind of little quickie loops is very rarely enough to keep me in a game for, for the long haul. Yeah. Although Marvel snap or whatever it's called. Oh, puzzle quest. Puzzle quest. Marvel for 30 seconds a day. They got me. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And just to, to finish that point when, and bring it back to Diablo is like a perfect example is the Diablo four campaign. Something I paid a lot of money for, you know, my own hard earned money. Um, had those hooks in it, but it also had a very good campaign that took me a long time to beat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I finished there, it would have been done. I've been fine. But the fact that they added the seasons, which is not a new novel thing, Path of Exile, any other kind of game like that does it. But, you know, that loop, again, which kept kept me for a while, is the bullshit part. Like, I don't really need to be doing that, you know, because there's no real good narrative and hook. And, yeah. like... And when you say, what is the new fun? Well, the fun's the same fun I've been having the first time through, which was the campaign. So it's, you see what I'm saying? Like there's, oh no, yeah. I it's think like you they're building a, for, yeah. to keep me, but I don't want them to keep me. 
I want them to show me an experience that I like and then be done with it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I and think so I just don't like that page. kind of yeah. like, um, I feel like that's a, what's it called? A trend for developers to build these games and services that go, well, how can we just keep them here forever? Right, right. No, I think you're right. That's that is definitely to. a trend. And I think that's part of like the larger monetization scheme. You know, you keep people in your ecosystem longer. They're going to be more inclined to put more money into the system because they're there. Then you've got the sunk cost fallacy of where I've been in this system for 100 hours. I don't want to leave now because I'm so invested. But to me, I mean, that doesn't work for me because I don't, you only have so many hours in the day, right? And like, you know, if you play some game and they design it so that you got to like grind or that you, you got to keep doing something like, so for example, the campaign, like I, I didn't care for Diablo 4, but if I did, how I would play that game would be, I would play the game, get to the end, beat the boss. And then I would fucking stop and I would just move on because you've, you've done the campaign. And for me, that's all I need. Like to roll credits is like my big thing. Cause I'm goal oriented, but I wouldn't want to just, you know, increase the world tier and get better loot because I've already beat the game. Like who cares? Like I'm done with it. But that's the way that my brain works, right? And not everybody's like that. So for me, you know, increasing loot, better loot for something that you've already finished is not a reason for me to stay. And, and those games just never click with me. They do not have that effect on me. But I know it. that is crack for some people, dude. Like some people get stuck on that and they really enjoy it. And if you like it, that's great. But I think that, like you said, the developer tendency to we are going to d- intentionally design our game to take more of your time to, to, to make you stay here. Uh, to me, is kind of a sick, sick thing to do, and I don't like that trend at all. Well, and then now I've I've reached a nuanced um, version of this uh, explanation. Is within that example you just said, um, you know, just the kind of loop of doing something over and over again. Uh, like it, it got me, and I guess my brain is a little different than yours because yeah, you know, and a bunch of other people, obviously hundreds. Oh, of clearly, yeah, yeah, for sure. But what they could have done and is the reason why I'm definitely not playing it anymore for a long time is they could have done that little dopamine rush, but with, again, like I said, another campaign. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Or just something else, or maybe something that's like totally different, like changes all the mechanics or something. Or, I mean, they said they were going to do that with these caged hearts in the season one, but it's not, it's just like, well, does the seasons qualify as that for you? Because you said it was like a new, is it a new story altogether and a new boss, right? So does that count as like, no, it doesn't because it's too short. It's not a new experience. It's and caged hearts are just gems. So it's like, they just kind of took what they already had and kind of, you know, added like three little story beats and a boss. Oh, okay. So the point is if, if they were designing for fun and maybe they're trying to, like, obviously there's tons of developers who are trying to, but I don't know. There's overarching like themes of, of what they want to give players. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't fun. It was kind well, of like you know, more. Yeah. I mean, I totally get you, dude. I totally get you. And I, I tend to avoid those games because real talk, you know, you can't be a podcaster. You can't be a games editor and get into one of those games that sucks up your life where you got to play that all the time. Like you just, you got to move on and you got to play different things and cover different things. And so that doesn't fit with my lifestyle. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to do that anyway, where I don't want to just play one game. I don't want to be married to one game for the rest of my life. Um, I'm married to one woman for the rest of my life and that works for me, but that doesn't work for me in games. So, well, it's uh, like an MMO too, right? Like you don't play MMOs. I don't really play too many. Um, so yeah. Anywho, moving on. Anyway, moving on. That's all you got for housekeeping. Yep. I got almost nothing. I just got one tiny little thing. Just a heads up to anybody who might be interested, or maybe, you know, somebody who would be interested. The PS PlayStation. I say PS for short. Maybe you guys have heard that before. I don't know. The PlayStation Access controllers are going to be pre-orderable. That's not a word. Now, and they are going to be out for sale December 6th. So we talked about this really briefly 
Um, you know, Microsoft has their um, accessible controller, which is really cool. A lot of people really respond to that one really well. We have lots of players with disabilities, and we want to support them and get them involved. PlayStation's getting in on the act. Their accessibility controller looks wildly different than Microsoft's, which is totally fine. I mean, I think there's a controller for everybody. Everybody has different needs. It kind of looks more like a circle, and it's got detachable buttons and a joystick. I haven't really super... in. Um, investigated that thoroughly because there has been pretty limited information up until now but they're starting to pull the curtain back uh so you can go to playstation.com or whatever the fuck it is and you can pre-order this or maybe let someone know if they're looking and looking for some um accessible controllers and check it out and it's coming out december so i'm looking forward to the disability community taking a look at that and seeing how it works if it works for them what's good about it what's not and uh just generally hearing more about it and even if even if it's not the greatest controller i hope that it is but even if it's not it is awesome that sony and microsoft and more and more companies are taking disabled players into account and doing something for them because prior to this you know you had to know somebody who was like fucking good at electronics like you had to have a friend who would kit bash you something out of parts that you bought like at home depot or whatever and you know god bless them man those people are fucking saints but you shouldn't have to know a friend who knows electronics and has a soldering iron to play yeah. video games. You know, like I've, I'm, I'm very grateful and glad that companies are finally getting on board with the huge number of disabled players out there who just want to be part of the scene. I agree. And also on top of that, um, to, to look into the future uh, where it comes to virtual reality, it comes to augmented reality, there's just going to be more options yeah. for yeah. everybody to play games. And I yes. know that maybe it's not necessarily your jam. And other people are like, I need a controller, I need a keyboard, I need a mouse. But like you said, a lot of people can't use those. And on top of yeah. that, I think the developers are going to be having more tools to let oh, us yeah. play games in different ways. Like it's, you know, sci-fi is coming. It's it's here. So More more options, regardless of what they are and regardless of whether they're for me or not, is always better. I mean, it yep. doesn't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But I do care about having more options for people who have different needs and different ways to play, play games. So more is better. I say bring them on. VR controllers, whatever headsets, wireless, wired, new things, detachable controllers, buttons. Who cares? Whatever. Bring it. As long as we can get people into games, that's ultimately a good thing. Real quick tangent. That yeah. thing exists. And it's so crazy that we don't really talk about it what much. Thing? But the idea of you <clears throat> controlling the game with your brain, oh, that's, that's a yeah, thing. I've heard some of that, yeah. Oh, I've used it. Uh, back in the day, I used it. Is that what that wire sticking out is? Yeah, I still got it in my back oh, of my dude, head. You got to like put the, get a hat or something, man. That's yeah. it's kind of distracting. It does. It messes with my clothing. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's one of those things where it isn't permanent. Um, but there were the helmets, different helmets. I've used them all. Um, and they totally work. Like It's not like a joke or like a toy or something. It, it, it's like hard for people sometimes to understand technological changes, you know, like what that's real yeah just like yeah. quantum computers are fucking real and it can't wait until they actually become what they really are going to become and everyone's going to be very surprised oh, um but not me and yeah anyways i just say that like it's just finding the right company to mass market it to make it cheap enough but the idea of moving yeah playing your game with your mind is definitely out there so it's gonna happen yeah for sure for sure uh, all right, dude, let's get on to the show. We have talked about speculative fiction long enough. Uh, I, I I wish I could say I look forward to our high-tech sci-fi future. but I, I know you don't. There's too many people like Elon Musk fucking things up for everybody else, and now I'm more scared than anything because he's well, got to be the guy in charge, and fuck that guy. He is not going to be the guy in charge of mind-control games. I mean, he's already doing that neural stuff and killing all those monkeys. That's a thing. 
All right. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about games. We have so many games to talk about. Um, the way we have a script today, let me kick it off, and then I'll turn it over to you in a second here, Carlos. Let me talk really quickly about Patrick's Parabox. P-A-R-A-B-O-X. This is a 2D puzzle, indie developed. It's a very uh, small, tight game. It's kind of tough to describe this one, but basically it's a sliding block puzzle. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. Uh, very simple graphics. We're talking just like boxes and, you know, outlines and, and just like really just like simple colors and shapes. Geometric, you know, real basic stuff. But the, the hook to this one is not only is it a regular sliding box puzzle, which we've seen 10 kajillion times, but it's one that plays with scale. And so what I mean by that is you're going to have to just come with me for a second on this journey because it's a little bit difficult to describe. So like let's say that you're looking at a 2D square and there's uh, squares inside the square. And you got to move these squares to a certain spot. Like basically, you got to get a square onto the goal uh, that is the outline of a square, and then you're you're done. It seems really easy. You move the square, but then there's also all these little like obstacles. Like there's a narrow hallway, or there's something in the way, or whatever. And what Patrick's Parabox does is, when two squares push up against each other, like if you're moving a square and it hits a square that's stuck, one of those squares, if it's if it's the right kind of square, will go inside the other square by zooming in. Like it shrinks down in size, like it goes micro for a second. And so the, the one square goes inside the other square and inside that other square, there's like another puzzle. And so oh, you do geez. this other puzzle inside that puzzle and then you come back out of that square, you get big again, and then it solves the problem that you had in the bigger world, right? And so there's puzzles within puzzles and it's really like kind of meta and kind of like trippy. Um, but like, you know, it starts off real simple. We're like you you're blocked in a hallway, you your square goes small, goes inside another square, you fiddle around with something, you go out the other side of the square and you can push it and you're like, okay, cool, that was really um, interesting and neat. It just it iterates from there and gets more complicated. So I think it's really um, cool and original. It's not for me because my brain uh, struggles with puzzles like that. Uh, I got, you know, I, I played it for a while, but then I got uh, blocked because my brain just, just does not process. Yeah. But I thought it was quite cool, and I thought it was very, it's really neat to watch it. Like, if you are struggling to understand what I'm saying, and I realize it's kind of hard to describe, I apologize for that. Uh, but check it out on YouTube, and you'll see, like, the, whoa, like, that thing got small, and it got inside this other thing, and then it's like, whoa, it got big again. It's pretty cool looking. It's pretty uh, innovative and pretty fresh. So, not for my brain, but that absolutely doesn't mean it's not a good game. I bet a lot of people would really like this one a lot if you like spatial puzzles or like you know that kind of a puzzle thing this is definitely a new twist on that so i thought it was very cool not for me but very cool yeah i sat in the store and uh from your description it sounds like squareception mm -hmm. square inception exactly that's that's a very good way they should put that as a bullet on the back of the box the yeah. virtual box yeah so that's exactly what it is so if you that sounds good to you check it out like i said not for me but i think it's very cool um and let's move on to you, Carlos. We talked last week about Lisa, Lisa Definitive Edition. It was like a two-pack of Lisa the Painful and Lisa the Joyful. I guess these are Game Maker games from a while ago. They've been around for a while on PC. They just now are coming to console. Um, they're very strange and offbeat. I bounced off of uh, Lisa the Painful pretty quickly. It just wasn't to my taste, and I'm not sure that I was vibing with it at all. But after we talked about it on the show... Um, in that episode last week's episode you said you had played it and then you went back to it after i talked about it so i am extremely curious to hear what was lisa like for you going back after i don't know a couple of years since you played it last time probably yeah many years i think this many came years. out yeah, a while ago it's an older game yeah 
So I, I run back because you brought it up. I like, you know, weird games that are Earthbound-ish. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did remember, like, thinking that was interesting. Then when I went to the PlayStation Store, I think it's the same as Xbox as well, the consoles, they have the two versions out now, which I don't know if they ever had that in the olden days. Maybe they did. But there's, like, called the Painful, Lisa the Painful or whatever, and then Lisa yeah. the Joyful. Joyful, yeah. Two different games, though. It is two, two completely different games. Yeah, so. yeah. And I don't remember when I played it originally if there was the two games. So I was like, oh, maybe if I like it, then I'll be able to play both games. Uh, so I thought I'd just try it. Um, it is, again, it's very Earthbound. Like, I don't... Yeah. It totally is Earthbound. Like a 2D side view Earthbound sort of. Yeah, and then when yeah. you do combat, it feels like Earthbound. And uh-huh. um, it's got like some of the quirky music and the graphics feel the same. So that was my first thing. Secondly, it wasn't actually as dark. It's dark. I mean, people die and there's bloody stuff that happens. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's more about like mental trauma, which, mm-hmm. you know, reminds me of the games that I do like, like uh, Little Misfortune and uh, the other one I'm playing, Fran- Frambo and stuff. Frambo, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I will kind of vibe with this story of this kid who had a problem when he was, you know, a young person and his dad was terrible. And what's, what's this going to relate to? But the biggest problem I have with the game is not the darkness and all that stuff. It's just that it was boring. Like, boring. Boring to play, like, just, like, mechanically? Yeah, like, I, I was, like, nodding off at one point. Like, mm. like there's nothing that kept me interested. Like, they were doing jokes, but to me, they really didn't land. Um, you know, like, funny, like, word yeah, jokes Yeah, I would agree. I didn't, I didn't laugh, really, no. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, if you're doing dark humor and the, the humor is not humorous to me, I don't, I don't want to keep going. And then the mechanics are terrible. I was telling you on text, like when you run and, and you climb, you can't really jump. So when you climb up somewhere, if you fall too far, you get hurt, which is yeah. fucking dumb. And they spend a lot of time with like trying to make you figure out how, where is the right place to fall from, which I think sucks. Yeah, it's boring. Like that's yeah. terrible. Like that's yeah. not a fun mechanic. And then I would go into rooms and just talk to people and they would say one sentence and I didn't think it was interesting. And then I'd leave. So it's like, I was just meeting a lot of people and, and bored with what I was doing. Yeah. And then the combat felt boring too, because it was like, I it just a few different options. And maybe later on it becomes, you know, this huge thing where you have all these different special abilities. But in the beginning, early going, it was just boring combat. Yeah. I really, um, I really did not care for the combat at all. Like the, the karate moves or whatever you're doing. I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over. Did you feel like guys were just like rocking you? Like they were really hard. I felt like all the battles were way too hard. No, weirdly enough, I did okay with the battles. Really? Yeah. Maybe maybe they changed something in the updated version because I felt like every battle I was like eating shit and I was way overpowered. Or the enemies were overpowering me is what I mean to say. Did they have difficulty modes? Because if so, I picked the easiest one. They have. Yeah, there is one in the story where the guy, your partner, like Randy or whatever the fuck his name is, the guy who's worthless and only hits for one damage. He's like, oh, if you use my item, I'll put it'll it'll be super easy combat mode. And I'm like, cool, but like your story is not the greatest so far. And if I'm not liking the com, I mean, it just seemed weird to me that they would like negate the combat right out of the gate. Cause I like, why would you even bother putting it in if it was not good? You know what I mean? Oh, well that, I guess that's what I picked then because it was easy. Oh um, man. I was losing all the time in those battles. No, 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 no. I put it on whatever easy was. And then I remember that guy. Now you're saying that little guy who comes in, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny the first time when he just jumps in and does zero damage. But um, then not funny after that. That and, is his uh, basic attack, and the joke gets old so fast. Yeah, so fast. But at some point, he came up to me, and he goes, hey, do you want to turn it back to normal now? And I go, no. And he goes, oh, okay. 
So, okay, so okay, so I, I maybe that would have been easy. different if I had turned the easy combat on. But that, but if you don't like the combat and if you don't like the story, then what's left, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. just felt like everything was a malaise or like kind of like blah, like yeah. And then yeah. it was super dark, but like again, with Little Misfortune, anything from Kill Monday games that I love, they there's a reason why it's dark, you know. And there's also joy on the opposite side of dark, which I think they were trying to do with the funny characters and stuff here and there. But I might have not given it a long enough time. The problem is, like you say, we only have so much time yeah. to play games. So I got bored and I lost the hook and I, I left. But yeah, maybe yeah. for I somebody mean, else. It's weird because, like I said last time, when I looked up the reviews for this game, it was like 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10 and a 9 and, and more 10s. Like so many people were like, this game is amazing. And I'm just like. I, I I don't see it. I mean, granted, I didn't play it that long. I didn't finish it. But, like, usually for a 10 out of 10 game, I'm having some fun. Like, I'm having, you know, I'm interested. I'm curious. I want to see more. And this one, I was like, mm, I don't know, man. I feel like maybe uh, something's weird about this one. So I tell anyway. you what, the main hook, and I'll say real quick, the main issue I have with it for anybody yeah. playing or might pick it up is that the mechanics of actually walking. Like, you it can't sucks. make that difficult. Yeah. because yes. that's the whole game and like earthbound perfect example it's top down right yeah you're running around wherever you want to go it's an open world earthbound one of the best games ever young people listening go play earthbound um if you can i, don't know I was gonna say can is they it? is it on the switch it's on switch it's on switch yeah yeah okay. it is on switch but you know like that's like you can go anywhere you want you know and you can see enemies and stuff like that this one is just like side scrolling and it feels bad to play and you hurt yourself by falling I just don't like the mechanics of it. So, yeah. Anyways, um, slight on. tangent, slight yeah. tangent. One thing that this game does, which I absolutely hate in any game, not this game specifically, but other 2D games do this, is like, so you're on a 2D side view plane. Like, if you're not, not top down, you're looking side on. One thing that I absolutely hate is when you have multiple options of where to go. Like, say, let's say, for example, you're in a 2D hallway and your 2D pixel character is walking, and the first door goes to, like, some room, the second door goes to, like, a hallway and goes somewhere else, and in your brain, like, they're expecting you to remember what layer of the 2D map that you're on, because, like, top-down, you can you can realize north, south, east, west, rooms are, you know, like, top-down, you can visualize that pretty easily, but, like, when you have, like, like a front layer, a mid layer, a back layer, and sometimes oh, yeah. those doors just go off somewhere else. Like it doesn't spatially relate to the rest of the of what you've been through. Like a door could go anywhere, right? Because it's a game. So like if you're in a hallway, and instead of going to a room, it goes to a hallway that goes to another room, goes to the hallway, but you don't know how that relates to the other places that you've been, you just get lost. Like my brain does not process that stuff at all. Yeah. And I hate this game does that a lot, and I hated it, and I hate when any game does that. So I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but to me, if you're gonna do like a layered horizontal if that makes sense to people 2d game you gotta have a really good map otherwise i just i get lost and getting lost is really frustrating to me on so. top of that that's a good point because on top of that i think you have to hit the button to go into a door i think you do yeah. and that felt really bad like i can't just push up i think i had to push up and a button yeah. anyways I, I felt the same way like i went into a room there's other doors in the room and I was like, wait, which one did I come out of and yeah i just couldn't remember anyway whatever just a little tangent. moving so, on moving on okay uh, talking about really quickly, Sword of Glory, uh, playing this on the Switch, bought it at complete random on the Switch store. I was perusing through and I'm like, you know, this kind of looks like my jam. I'm going to check this out. And you know what? It was. Uh, this comes from Cubic Games, Q-U-B-I-C. They make a lot of games, but they're all just kind of, I mean, I, I really don't want this to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to, to harsh anybody here, but they just, they make these kind of like lower budget, like really unassuming 
small niche experiences. I've played a couple of the games before, and I, I recognize them because their graph they have a, a distinct polygonal style to their graphics. And as soon as I started this game, I'm like, wait a minute, this looks like the character that I played for that other game. Oh, mm. it is same developer. Uh, basically, this is like kind of like a gladiator game. There are very few gladiator games in existence, Carlos, but I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite genres of all time. Well, I didn't know it was a genre until you just said that. It's it's almost not even a genre. It may not even be a whole genre, but the topic, the theme of gladiator, there's probably like five gladiator games total on consoles. I don't know about PC. It's not a PC guy. Maybe there's more. There's like a VR one. I remember there's a VR one. I do remember seeing that one. But I love the concept of you're a gladiator you're going in to do these battles. You know, you, the, usually the mechanics are important, like blocking and parrying and striking with accuracy. Usually that's a big deal. And then when you come back, like you have different armor, like you have different armor and weight and weapon movement and stuff like that. There's a the game a while ago that came out, well, okay, more than a while ago, probably 20 years ago, called uh, Coliseum Road to Glory. Uh, man, that was like the greatest game. It was like perfect gladiator game. I had such a great time with that. Dan Weissenberger at Game Critics loves that game as well. It's one of the games that we like fangirl over. We're like it's just it's so fun. Um, but anyway, Sword of Glory looked like a gladiator game where you're just doing combat in this little arena. You get out, you get new armor, you go back in, and the strikes and the parries and the movement really matters. And that's exactly what this is. It's very small. It's very straightforward. Uh, basically, you take a character. Uh, you there's a little bit of a story, but it, it's kind of just like the frame for what's going on. You fight in this arena, and then you earn money. You get out of the arena. You uh, do exercises to level your character up. You buy new swords, weapons, armor. Uh, there's a few other stat things you can do. And then you just fight as long as you can. And if you survive, then you move on to the next city. And if you don't, you die. But there's a, a little roguelike system where... If you use the money you earn during battle and you put it into this little system, the next time you come back, you're stronger. Like you have better stats. You can get your armor and weapons back from this guy. Like you fight him and he's like, I've got your stuff. You want it? And I'm like, of course I want it. You fight this guy. And to be fair, it's kind of a tough fight if you don't have your stuff. He's got your stuff. You don't have your stuff. So it's kind of a tough fight, but you get it back. So you got your stuff back. You got better stats than you started last time. It doesn't feel at all like you're getting slapped down. It feels fine. Like you just died, you're 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 starting over. Mm. Um, there's a couple different classes. There's like non-humans. I think there's like a Grim Reaper guy. I think I saw a lizard guy. I'm sticking with the human path for now, but there are other like non-human options, different weapon types. But it's just very straightforward. But the thing I really appreciated about uh, this game, and the thing that really sells it to me, is that the combat is solid and predictable. Like it's not like super super complicated. I mean, you've got like heavy strike, light strike, dodge roll, a block. Um, and that's basically it. But like, it's predictable. You can you can tell what you're going to do. It performs exactly the way you think it's going to perform. And you can play it like reliably. Like you you feel like it is skill based, not luck based. There's no weird collision. There's no janky things happening. Like once you get a, a vibe for how the combat goes, you're in. And then either you like it or you don't. I do. And I think it's just fun to like take this guy and just battle, battle, battle. And slowly the numbers get bigger. And it's just really quick. You can do like... 10 battles in five minutes and get back out and buy some armor. You feel like you did something, feels good, put it away for a while, come back to it. No story really to remember. So it's kind of just like a tactile experience. Mm-hmm. I think if you like the gladiator style of game and God damn it, there's not very many of them. There's like t- barely any. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely one to check out. And I think this one is very simple, straightforward, but I think it does what it wants to do in a great way. And I'm having a very good time with it. Yeah, it says in the description, unique, easy-to-pick-up, skill-based combat system. That is exactly what it is. Good job, PR people. Yeah, it's like, yes. no, just play the game and then put it down and yeah. 
right. I think I bought it for like three bucks. It's three dollars. Four. Yeah. yeah, three bucks, dude. You can't. You cannot go wrong with this. I think this is a great product for three dollars. Absolutely recommended. Definitely check it out. Check that out. Okay, Carlos, over to you for. It's weird because I I hear a couple people talking about this, but it does not seem to be gaining momentum in the way that I would expect it to in my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call it X. Fuck that guy. Fuck Elon Musk. I'm gonna call it Twitter until forever. But Remnant Two. I know. Um, it's kind of a bigger game, although I don't feel like it's really got the presence and mind share, but you jumped into it. I know a couple of my friends are jumping into it. Um, I haven't heard a lot about it, so I guess I'm looking to you, my friend. What is up with uh, Remnant 2? Yeah, I played the first one. We talked about it, I think, on yeah, the show. Yeah, we talked about it a couple times on the show. It's a Souls-like, right? And but with, um, guns. Guns, with guns. Guns Souls-like, yes. And um, sci-fi kind of feel, Sorry, yeah. but also yeah. monsters, so it's yep. a cool kind of mix of genres multi-dimensional thing i guess I don't yeah know. and i enjoyed my first uh time with the first game for a while and then at some point i hit that wall same where same. there's this massive monster i think it was the poison one uh there's this woman who just did poison all the time yeah and i was like just uh, no way around it like i was i was super uh over leveled even for the area but I just kept eating shit i was like okay well you don't want me to play this game anymore i guess so i stopped um Guess what? Similar thing happened with Remnant 2. Okay. So the the positives are, and I think a lot of people on YouTube. And this is third person, right? Third person, third person around the back. Souls-like Randomly game. generated levels. Souls-like, but with guns kind of a thing. Randomly slash. Uh, some stuff is like, I think, in stone, isn't it? I think some of the, the main like hubs and stuff are all like. Yeah, the hubs, I think, are set in stone. But the rest of it is kind of, I, I believe. Yeah, when I'm you went wrong. to a level level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are definitely like similarities and stuff. Um so yeah, it's it's that kind of thing of like the story is kind of throwaway. There's a huge gem stone thing, and people like touch it and get transported to another place. Yes, um, that's it. You know, sci-fi monsters shooting. Um, and yeah, I did it. I kind of enjoyed it at the beginning of it. Kind of starting a new character is always fun, and of course, I picked a tanky character. And you can do pretty good melee combat. Um, so I had a sword, and so. If you're out of ammo or trying to reload, you can just hit things with your sword. And I had a pretty okay time to start. And I do, I do think that they really know how to do mechanics of fighting. Like, you know, shooting is good. Feels really good. Feels good to move around and stuff. Feels good to move around. The dodge roll feels good. It always feels a little weighty. Their games, Remnant remnant games, feel yep. weighty. Yep. And I guess that's kind of akin to the Souls-like stuff. I don't know. Like, you can't be n- too nimble. Because we want you to die. <laughs> or you have to get stuck in an animation, because they have that too, where it's like you're swinging and you can't pull out of that animation, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got to commit. You got to commit. You got to commit. I feel like that's a Souls like thing too, but. For sure. For sure. Anyways, you know, I'm having an okay time for a while, and then I find a boss. And I'm just telling you, and it was a weird boss. It was like a boss from the ceiling, like a floaty boss. It wasn't just like a person in front of me that I can dodge and roll around and stuff. It was like something floating and shooting floating things at me. And then when you land and you like fall somehow, because they always want you to fall off of a ledge or something, you land in this water and there's all these little monsters down there. So they immediately start, you know, just taking your life away. Yeah. And then you have to get back up to the podium to fight the monster. This is actually a good tangent. Fuck that whole scenario, by the way, (laughs) that I just explained, because that is actually also the definition of not building for fun. In, in any world, that's not challenge. That's just annoying, okay? Especially one of your first bosses. 
Just have it be a monster that you stand in front of and you got to like figure out how it moves. Everybody's in love with ads these days and it really is fucking bullshit. Yeah, mobs, yeah. you know what I, I mean? Yeah, exactly. I don't want any of that. I didn't want it to be difficult and I fucking noped out. Like I might go back. I bought the game. It's sitting there. I'm just so over souls like right now. Again, asterisk next to Elden Ring because I felt like it did something new. But in general, if you're just trying to do, and we talk about them all in this show, just Dark Souls again, or basically they're just doing Remnant over again, uh, and they're adding more mechanics, and it's, you know, graphic graphics are better, but it's still Remnant, and Remnant was still trying to be Dark Souls. So I don't know. I think the shooting's very good. I can see why people like it. I definitely don't want to play it. Like, I don't want to keep bumping up against the next huge monster, you know, or the next huge weird, like, uh, scene where they they build all these kind of, like you said, mobs or ads to fuck with you to even get to the other thing you're trying to kill. So I just hate that. I hate that in games. And I just didn't thought I didn't think it would be like so early on in that game. Well, I agree. I hate mobs. I hate ads. I think it's a really bad design trend that we're seeing a lot of lately i think it just sucks make your boss good and challenging and it's okay if i beat that boss without trying ten thousand times i think that's fine too but you know something just to consider with uh with remnant um uh gunfire games is that who's making this is that right Does you that could i don't know i could look maybe it i think I it's gunfire games i could be wrong but you know they say uh, i believe they say you can play this solo but really you can't it's designed as a three-person experience I, I, I'm assuming you probably didn't bother with randos or anything online. When I, I sure played, didn't. when I played Rando, or I did not play randos, but I played with my wife and my son for a while. So we did have a three person party for a while, which was fine. But I think they just kind of like, in, at least in the first remnant, they wanted you to like replay levels to go for drops and stuff. And that's kind of circling back to the discussion that we were talking about earlier with Diablo and stuff, where it's like, if it was just a straightforward campaign, like let's say, for example, you get to the end of level two. You always get the laser gun because the boss drops it at the end of level two. You move on. That's that's good, solid, classic video game design. But if you get to the boss of level two in a three-person party, one person gets the laser gun. The other people don't. Then you got to go back and replay that level again and hope to get the laser gun. Mm. That's bullshit design. And that's kind of what got us off of that game um, to begin with, Remnant 1. So I didn't really bother with Remnant 2 because... I knew I probably wouldn't be able to play it on my own because it's, it's difficult and I don't know how much it scales for one person. Um, I'm probably not going to play with randos. I don't like the design where I got to play missions over and over and over looking for, for drops and stuff. If it was just a straightforward adventure, maybe. But do they still do that same thing where they want you to replay levels and get drops and get materials and upgrade? Kind of like, but but not in a good way, like in a, in a, in a too much way. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't guess I didn't play it long enough yet to do okay. that. Um, I definitely upgraded some stuff. And the upgrade, you know, path is there. But yeah. what's weird is when you mention the multiplayer thing, like, again, they can sometimes just, maybe developers should just say, hey, this is just a multiplayer game only, you know? If it's like, if you're going to build it for solo, but you really can't do it for solo, then why'd you even have it be solo? Yeah, yeah. But what's weird is this game, for a good chunk of the beginning, um, puts computer AI with you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. And the minute I got to the boss fight, it was like, they're gone. Oh, okay. So that's a good idea, actually, because if you can have two AI companions with you or just like, you know, you know, like like any game that gives you um, NPCs or something to have them with you, if you could spec them out and train them a little bit, maybe even like the pawn system like we have in Dragon's Dogma or something, that would be cool. I would come back and play some of that. But, you know, I I felt like they really hung me out to dry in Remnant number one. And that was kind of a bad experience. And it kind of seems like that's what you're going through right now. Yeah. Well, I'm not going through it anymore. Well, you were. You were. Yeah. 
So I'm taking a pass. A bunch of people are saying really great things about it. Um, maybe you're playing with more than you know one person. You you gotta be. Yeah. So I think if you do that and you like the first one, check it out. But for me, I'm I'm out. All right, all right. Well, and for me, I had kind of a bad experience with the first one, so I didn't even get in to be out. I was I was pre out. So all right, pre out. Uh, I will say I will say though. Um, side note. So remnant number one uh third person behind the back souls like with guns remnant number two third person behind the back souls like with guns both of those are supposed to be uh three player experiences but they also did a sequel that we talked about on the show a while ago just as a quick reminder it's called chronos um and it is actually a story fairly story heavy prequel that happens before remnant it is a uh, i believe it's a first person game which is a a rarity is it the first person or third no it doesn't matter third person okay But you go into the same world, like this multidimensional world of monsters that you're describing, but you do souls combat with like swords and stuff. But there was also puzzles and there's a lot of like um, environmental exploration in a, in a set way, not in a randomized way. And honestly, I thought Kronos was a pretty good game. I, I think that something that this um, franchise has going for it is I think the story, because I got fairly far in the first remnant. And once you start uncovering the story of what caused these dimensional rifts, what people were doing there. It's actually pretty cool. And I, I like the way that they were unrolling the story. I just didn't care for the gameplay. Yeah. But Kronos, I think, is worth looking into if anybody likes the themes or the story of the world, but you want to play more of a traditional Souls-like and also with a lot of puzzles in it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because two things. One, I do like what they're trying to build because it's very interesting. Like It is. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting. Stuff. Yeah, I agree. So I like that. And that's probably why another reason people are liking Remnant 2. And secondly, um, Kronos is also for the Oculus in VR. Yeah, I thought it was a VR thing so as well, but you I'm can play go, it flat too. Yeah, but I'm going to go pick it up in my quest tonight. Yeah, so you know, you I reminded me. you should. You should check it out because I think Kronos was worth playing. I had a great time with that. I finished it. Um, and I think it was just really well done and really interesting. A lot of the same themes, but it'll be even more of a payoff if you're familiar with the Remnant world, because it definitely ties into it story wise. But even if you don't, you can still enjoy it. Great game. And I, I like that one best out of all of these games so far, yeah. which is ironic. So anyway, all right. well, I'll check it out for the show. There you go. Uh, I'm going to talk for a second here about Mad Shot. This is a 2D roguelike twin stick shooter with Lovecraftian themes. So you can see what got me interested in this one, mm-hmm. playing it on the Switch. Um, it's an interesting title. It's, it's basically just like a real heavy on the shooting, um, you know, side view 2D shoot em up. You run and jump and uh, shoot, move with one stick, shoot with the other stick on a side view plane. Uh, real, real heavy Lovecraft Cthulhu theming, which is always a fun thing for me. And I will say, um, these people understood the assignment. They clearly understand the Lovecraftian mythos. They understand Cthulhu and stuff. Um, all of the stuff, the graphics, the design, the little story segments that you get, it all makes sense. Like if you like the Lovecraft stuff, you will you will appreciate the themes and the designs that they put in this game. So they get it. They're not just cashing in because Cthulhu is a popular word. I feel like these people really understand like what it's about, which is nice. I, I appreciate that. Um, in terms of combat itself, it felt kind of loosey-goosey, and it felt like a little bit too much uh, mob rush. I, I think I would like this game a little bit more, not to be backseat developer, but I guess I will be. I think I would like it better if there were like a little bit more considered encounters. But most of the time that I played, it was basically get into a room and you're just mobbed by like tentacle monsters and weird bats and spiders. And they just like rush straight at you. Like there's not a lot of like, um, you know, AI in the monsters. The encounters just kind of feel like shoot as fast as you can and dodge as fast as you can. And I like my games to be a little bit more nuanced than that. 
So I felt like the combat fell a little bit flat for me, um, which might not have been a terrible thing, except for it's a roguelike. And one of the most important things about a roguelike is that each run feels different in some way. I don't want to play the same game over and over with the only difference being I incrementally increase my stats by like 0.2% and then I do another run to get another 2% because I earned resources to go back to the hub and, and level myself up a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of how this one feels. It feels like each run pretty similar. You do get a couple different weapons, but the weapons, uh, not a lot of variety to them and they don't feel great to begin with. So you're, you're relying on your basic guns most of the time. And so you're going to like collect resources to increase your health and collect resources to increase your gun power and stuff, which is fine. But I mean, basically it just felt like each run was really too similar to the last. And in a roguelike, I think that's something you really have to work very hard to avoid. Um, there's, you know, alternate paths you can choose. There's story events that pop up really quickly. That might be good, might be bad. Uh, you go back to a hub between it's like your spooky Cthulhu mansion. You can level up a few things. Um, I mean, it's not a bad game. It's a good concept. I feel like it's pretty solid, but, you know me, I'm like Mr. Fucking Roguelike. I play every roguelike, and I'm pretty particular about the ones that I think succeed. And this one, I feel like, just doesn't let you get to the good stuff or the variety quickly enough. And I don't like the ones where it feels like I'm just kind of on a treadmill where I got to just do, like, 25 runs to eat shit, and then finally I have enough survivability to get a little further. Yeah. I would much rather have fun guns, fun wacky powers, something that, like, fundamentally changes the way I play on each run. And I, I can grind while I'm doing that, too. But, like, each run has to be fun. And this one, I just... I think I played maybe 10 or 15 times in a row. And I'm like, each of these runs feels too similar to what I just did. So it feels like I'm just playing the same level 15 times rather than having a different roguelike experience each time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we said, fun. You just said fun, like, for three times. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's what we want out of it. And on top of that, for me, with roguelike, it has to be some sort of progression that's much more than a slight increase yeah yeah damage or something agree agree so i think the theming's cool um a good concept um you know they get the cthulhu stuff but it just feels too samey and the progression is too slow and i don't like those just like you said those micro progression based games i need i need more than that to play but it's not a bad one not a bad one but when you play them all um you end up being a little little more choosy than most and i think i am a little more choosy than most so this one didn't make the cut for me but i did appreciate the effort so so that right. was mad shot played it on the switch the it art, ran fine on switch yeah and the art style does look cool though i do say yeah it's that. pretty neat lots of tentacles cthulhu faces and stuff if you like that stuff they do it quick tangent before we go into my next game yeah um you were mentioning that company that made the gladiator game and how you can like recognize their style oh right? yeah cubic cubic games yeah. there's another game like a company like that called chemco have you heard of them Chemco? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, they sure. make a ton of games, and like you're like, they're all just pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, it reminds me when I used to go to the store back in the day, game stores, oh, sure. and you'd see like those budget games like on the side. They're like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, or even less, like 10 or something. Or they'd be like on the counter at GameStop. They'd be right, they'd be like that temptation purchase right when you're checking out at GameStop. Yeah, yeah. and like one of them would be called like Tennis. It's just oh, like yes. just Fast called racer Tennis. Or something. Yeah, just yeah. Racer, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'd always be tempted because one, they were cheap. Um, but you'd always get them and play them and be like, oh, yeah, it's the most basic game. It's not even a game, really. It's just kind of like a. <laughs> A thing. It's a know? thing that runs for a while. And it runs it, for a yes. while, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I did buy tennis. It was a PlayStation game, a PlayStation 1, I believe. And it's just, oh, sure. just called tennis. Oh, yeah. And guess what? It was tennis. It was tennis. It the ball did. went back and forth. They were right. Oh, yeah. I played. I bought some of those, dude. I bought, like, you know, I bought 
drive racer or whatever they're called or like yeah. you know our army shooter or whatever like combat man and stuff like that and they were they delivered on what they were but yeah you i mean you had to know what you were getting into and if you had nine dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you had an hour to kill i mean then and it's okay yeah i feel yeah. like chemco's like that although they just put an rpg that i'm interested <clears throat> in but yeah so it's just funny to see like what is the uh, software or like online equivalent to that when we were, you know, I think Cubic kids. Games is kind of the Cubic is to close, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. And also, I'm using this tangent to mention this. It's not in the show notes, but Radalika got me again. Oh, Radalika got us again. No. I had to mention that. It was forgot. Last week, I was going to bring it up, but I saw all these reviews for Garlic. Have you seen Garlic? Oh, yes, dude. Do- okay. So, yes, everybody. <laughs> real quick, we just add this to the show yes. real quick. Yes, we, that's totally fine. Totally fine. We're going to add it right now. But we got to just say, people who listen to the show for a long time, they know when the word Radalika comes up, you know what's going on. But for people who don't know, Radalika is a publisher. They have the best PR in the world because every trailer they put out is fire. And me and Carlos have both bought a bunch of their games. And like 99% of the time, the game is either way too hard or it's way too crappy or something bad happens. And we get snookered every single time. And we, we keep doing it. They get yeah. us and we know the games are not good. But then we go back and we're like, man, this game looks great. And you buy it and you're like, oh, no, Radalika again. They got us again. No. Well, and we, we have to do better and like go to the publisher page. Like, I don't know why I don't do that. Like, oh, man. I well, could have you easily know, seen. I saw this email come in and just like you, I'm like, OK, that looks fun. And then I saw the publisher and I'm like, nope, I'm out. I just See, I stopped. I stopped. Well, I was on the PlayStation Store. I didn't look at the publisher page or whatever it is. They got you. And again, their trailer was good because what it did is it showed it was like a 2D side scrolling, you know, platformer action yes. game. But then it showed certain scenes, which is true, it's in the game. Yeah. Where it changed the perspective and yes. it shows quick time events. And this little guy, he's a garlic. He's a he's a piece of garlic, but he's also a guy. And I was like, that's kind of novel and interesting. Yes. And then it showed like 3D view. And I was like, oh, now you're playing first person. Every Radalika trailer is straight fire, dude. They've got the best trailer makers in the fucking industry. I guarantee it. And what's weird is all that stuff I just said is, you know, novel and different in an sure. action game like that. The problem is when you actually play it, like a lot of Radalika games. Yeah, like every Radalika game. It just game. wasn't fun. It was like I was dying a bunch. Was it really I, hard? It wasn't super hard. I thought it was just going to be like super, super hard. It wasn't. Yeah. I got past a few things. I got to experience what they were showing, but I was bored. I was yeah. like, this isn't fun. Back to fun again. Yep. That should be the title of this podcast. Something back to like fun. Really fun. Yeah. Like, um, or back to fun again. Back to fun again. I, I just wasn't having fun. And I was like, rat a lot. Actually, while I was having not fun, which is a, not a way to say that, I went to the store real quickly and I was like, wait a minute. Who put this out? And then I said it was Radalika. So, yeah. anyways, quick mention. They the get nemesis us every time. of this podcast, the age old enemy, the eternal enemy, Radalika Games. Boy. Yeah. Garlic. Garlic. Okay, moving on, moving on to Venice 2089. I have literally no idea what you're talking about. It felt like you were just saying words to me. Venice 2089. Yeah, uh, I'll just quickly talk about this. I played it for a little bit. Wait, wait, um, quick tangent. Yeah. Venice is not going to be Venice in 2089 because it's going to be underwater. So I guess get your Venice in now. That's part of what this game's about. Oh, snap. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Well, it's a kind of a side-scrolling game. Uh, I think of like Little Misfortune, a game. What's the other games that are like this? Where it's kind of a narrative game, like Night in the City that I love. Night in the okay. Woods. Night, in the, Night woods. in the Woods. Yeah. Those games where you kind of like just go along and maybe collect things. But it's really about like the stories you you know hear 
and just exploring the world. Um, the, the, the difference with this game, you play as a girl uh, exploring a future Venice because essentially a lot of it's underwater, a lot of like water issues. Okay, on theme, on theme. On theme. Uh, but at the same time, she has a hoverboard. So as you're going around this little town, meeting characters, collecting things, just kind of experiencing this uh, world, which, by the way, I love the art. You can check out right now the trailer. Um, the art's really cool. Is It's like that car- cartoon cutout kind of style, but very, very cool looking. Looking it up right now. Um, she has a hoverboard. So at any point, you can just hit triangle, jump on your hoverboard. And there's kind of like mini games where like if you're going in succession enough and grinding, because you can kind of grind like a skateboard, it like it changes the music. So mm. the music gets like more and more complicated as you do better tricks. Or like I you could splash in the puddles and like that is a bonus. Like it's kind of like a multiplier or something. Um, but then you just get off your hoverboard and just walk and you can just talk to people you know, and learn the story. This looks like, like, this is very cute art. This looks like something that I would play if it was on a console or something. I've never heard of this before, but yeah, I do like the, the cartoony cutout style, 2D style. It's very colorful. It does remind me of other story narrative-based games I've played before. I know there's one that I'm thinking of that you play that's just like this, and I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, I know what you're um, talking about. But. but anyways, it's very good. And they do this kind of 2D to 3D mode where like around corners to buildings, you can... You, it turns, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you 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 change the planes. I just saw that in the yeah, trailer. Like, you're going two yeah. D. It flips, and it's still two D, but on a different plane. Yeah, but but I, the hoverboard's fun. Like, it's super simple. It's not Tony Hawk or anything, but it's like super fun to traverse the landscape that way. It's just fun to do that. Like, I, I just want to pick it up for 15 minutes and relax, and you know, have her collect some more things, meet new characters. Like, I met this character who um, wanted to open his ice cream shop back up. And he's like, well, find me stuff around the, you know, world, uh, Venice or whatever, and I might make a flavor of it. So I found, like, an old pizza, and he's like, pizza flavor? And I'm like, yeah, do that. You know, just, like, little side stories that don't aren't super impactful or anything. Yeah. And then you're working with your grandfather and trying to help him out. And so there's a little bit of story when it comes to, like, um, you know, not I want to say deep story, but, like, there's something else going on. And then later on there is a, a drone. Um, which is also another piece that I don't want to spoil too much. And that adds a whole other thing. And there's music, like really cool, like relaxing music. So it's just super relaxing. Like I, I would recommend it to anybody. And it's super cheap. It's like $7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's on Steam. It's on consoles. I believe it's on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm playing on PlayStation 5. I didn't realize it was – I thought this was a PC only. So I'm no, gonna move this no, no, to no. My, I'm going to move this to my – check this out list you've sold me on this one i think it's too it's too good it's like for especially for the cheapness of it um and then yeah all the characters have interesting dialogue and it doesn't feel like forced or weird you know like these narrative games can be just like broken english or just you know it just doesn't make sense like it seems like ai wrote it you know what i mean yeah but man this doesn't is what i'm saying this doesn't no no i get you like if the dialogue is as good as the graphics are that's going to be a pretty good experience you've actually sold me on this one i didn't know this even existed but now that i'm looking at it, i'm gonna go pick this up right after the show this seems like something that i would really enjoy playing yeah i really like it i think people should check it out it's super cheap that's all I ready to say about it and uh I, there's a couple like spoilery things i don't want to say i already talked about the drone which is kind of miniature, miniature spoiler but Check it out. Is what Definitely I'm check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check this out. Everybody else should check this out, too. That looks pretty good. All right, excellent. Good. I'm glad. I'm, I love I love when uh, we do the show and you bring something and I'm like, man, 
you, you know, you turn me on to some game and I'm like, I love just checking those out and these, these little discoveries we do. It's really fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next game, which I've heard a lot about, but I don't know a lot about guilt. G Y L T. Um, I'm going to look it up in a second. I'll let you talk for a minute, but this, I believe this was originally an Amazon games exclusive and now they've opened it up to other people, but I don't know a lot about this one. You want to talk about guilt? Oh, I don't know. About, yeah, I don't know about the exclusivity. Maybe it was it Stadia. Maybe it was. It could have been a Stadia. That's yeah. Was Stadia. that Amazon? Is that not Amazon? No, that's uh, Facebook. There's a different one. There's a Luna, and there's a, a lot of different um, things. I think it was a Stadia. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it was Stadia exclusive. Yes. It's Tequila Works. They made a couple things that we oh, like. Oh, that's right, Tequila Works. I liked Rhyme. You didn't. I don't think you liked Rhyme, but I liked it. No, Rhyme was a no, no, no. That's a different. That's a different thing, isn't it? R I M E. They that's no. Tequila Works. Is it? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now on the page. Isn't Tequila Works the people that made um, Evil In, Within? No. No. What nope. is that one? I don't Tango. know what that is. Tango, Tango? Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, my bad. My bad. Tequila was, Works. They made Deadlight, <laughs> which actually was really interesting. No, that was good too. No, okay. So let me let me retract. Yeah. I think I do like these games. Okay. I got it confused with. Tango Gameworks and Tequila Works. I, my bad. Got those two things confused. And they, I and believe I do like these games. Sexy Br- Brutal? Or, yeah, I played that one for a yeah. while. That was all right. Okay, it no, just, I'm in. I'm in. Yes. It's a lot of different variety of style of game. Um, and what this game is, is essentially third person. The style looks like Coraline. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. So straight up Coraline or a Tim Burton movie. Um, third person, little character, kind of bigger head. So Coraline, essentially. Um, creepy Stealth. Uh, someone said it felt like a Guillermo del Toro. Like Guillermo. I can't remember say his Guillermo name. Del Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Sure. Like I'm in. In, the, in the darkness of it, and there's some monsters, and it's like really creepy. Okay. But then it's also um, kind of chill and also kind of Silent Hill. Because essentially what you are is you're a, a, a girl who um, goes somewhere. Uh, some things happen without saying anything what really happens. She comes back to her hometown, and it's all Silent Hill, basically. Like, the streets are broken. You know, everyone's gone. Sure. And it's like, what's happened here? And, of course, there's also monsters. Um, But what you're really trying to do is trying to figure out what happened to your sister, because your sister went missing. Oops, sorry. Your sister went missing uh, a while ago, and you're trying to figure out what happened to her. And then in this kind of upside-down world... A la Stranger Things. Yeah, you're trying to okay. figure out, you know, the 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 story behind why your sister went missing, but also it's a kind of a deeper message and de- deeper meaning about people and monsters and stuff like that. I'm so. looking at the trailer on Steam right now. You know what this reminds me of? This looks very much like a um, not not a Pixar movie, but it reminds me of the um, oh my gosh the the game or the movie developer that made like box trolls and also like Coraline. I think they made Coraline as well. I don't know what that studio is called, um, but that animation style, it kind of looks like that. It's got the same human design, the same kind of like darkness and color richness to it. This could easily be like an animated film. It looks like. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And also, by the way, the other um, thing I th- thought of is little nightmares. Yeah. Like, it, similar it to had that. that vibe in a way too, but again, it's third person, you know, not 2D style. You can walk around anywhere. Leica. Leica Studios. That's what this looks like. It looks like a Leica. Mm. Not Radaleica. Fuck those guys. But yeah. Leica Studios. They did um, Kubo and the Two Strings, Coraline, 
um, that one with the zombie kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're stuff. Paranorman, box trolls, missing link. Okay, yeah. That that whole thing. That's exactly what this looks like visually. Yeah, it's beautiful, and also this can't be uh, stressed enough. The soundtrack is awesome. Like you, it's like again a feature film. Like you go in, not just the cutscenes, but even just as you're going through like levels. The music hits at the right time. Suspenseful moments have like that that you know huge soundtrack moment. Um, the creepy quiet mar- parts have like singers come in. You know, like you hear like a chorus or something. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I'm like I was just blown away by the sound. Um, and so he- how the game plays is, and I'm I'm very happy that that it lets you do either or. I was afraid it was just going to be stealth. You know, because I don't kind of do well with just hiding and like fail state thing, you know, yeah, yeah. get found out. So I was kind of worried it was that. But then I heard in the description that you could kind of go either south or combat okay. And so the monsters that you find, there's many different types. But in general, a lot of them, um, you know, can be distracted. You can do all the kind of like throw a can somewhere and try to distract them. And, you know, it's a lot of places are very dark. So you have a flashlight, you know, kind of. Uh, don't shine it near them or whatever. And then there's a whole alertness factor. But as soon as they do find you, you can either run and try to hide or you can turn your light on them and fucking burn them. You know, okay. like straight okay. up like right, right, aim right. at different parts of their body. They have like weaknesses. And then you can blow them up. And then mm. on top of that, there's a stealth kill with your flashlight. You stick your flashlight in their mouth or something? No, behind them, you know, in the back, and you go, and it, like, blows them up in light. So the fact that I could stealth kill and I could, if if I got into a scenario, it's not easy, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to fight now, you know? So I like that because then it didn't make me feel like there was a failed state. Yeah, um, I like being able to scrap your way if you fuck up the stealth and yes. not just reloading a save. That it wasn't a reloading save at all. Yeah. And so and I like what the story is is going towards. I feel like it's going to have a really interesting uh, secondary, you know, meta or something underneath it. I think it's really good. I mean, like similar to 2089, it's like a surprise came out of nowhere. I had seen it in the store. Um, there's some puzzles, but they're not difficult. And I think it's very good. It yeah. looks really cool. Like just looking at the graphics, that's I'm already halfway there. Just looking at how neat it looks. And like you're saying, I don't go in for horror games. This seems like just to be horror-ish, so probably not too scary for me. Yeah, not I am scary. A, I'm a delicate flower. You are. Um, but uh, yeah, this seems like something I would definitely want to check out. You've, I think you've kind of sold me on an, like this is a, an all-time high. I think you've sold me on two games so far. Wow. Wait, have I never done that in any episode? I mean, you've, you've certainly sold me on one, but I don't know about two. Okay. I don't know about two. So well, we'll it's just, it's crazy that like this game, again, doesn't get much press. And again, they didn't so much money on marketing, but it's a, like you said, it's a full film. Like it feels like a feature length Tim It Burton. looks like, I mean, that trailer looked like I was watching a movie trailer. So as you're playing, it, it feels like that, you know? Oh, and by the way, I just got to the arcade. There's an arcade. And I was like, oh, nice. It feels like Stranger Things vibes and Tim Burton vibes and Coraline all matched into one. I recommend it. The only, there's one con I want to tell you. Okay. Say. What's the, what's the con? The con is when you get into combat for some fucking reason. Oh no. On console. Um, and on the PlayStation, the dodge is clicking in on the fucking no, analog button. No, no. Well, you want to go to what? hell? What the fuck is wrong with oh, you? Oh my God. Have you never played a video game before? What the fuck? It hurts bad, bro. Oh. I like a dodge roll and I like dodging. It was bad. I just didn't use it. It's like I mean, that's how talk, bad it I never, I never want to click the sticks, bro. I no. mean, I get that they're there. I never want to do that. I don't want to click do that. Click the sticks is a good podcast name. Fuck it. Um, 
but yes, dude, I, that's the only problem. And I, again, you can just do it without doing that, you know, cause it's a pretty good maneuverability, but man, I don't know. I should see if it can uh, remap it. I don't think you can. Yikes. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Don't let so, that scare you away. It's really, really good. Game. I mean, it still looks good. I, you know, I, I, I can click a stick if I need to, but otherwise this looks pretty amazing. So I'm going to definitely check this out. That's two. You're, you're two for me in the show, Carlos. All right. Let's see if I make it three. All right. Uh, let's see what's next on the agenda here. Uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition. Now, this is actually a pretty old game, originally from 2009. Have you ever played this, Carlos? Yeah, I saw it in the store and I thought about it for a second, because I, but I played it so long ago. Yeah, I did too, and I think I even finished it back in the day, but there's a brand new version, that, like I just said, the Definitive Edition, and I bet a lot of people have never seen this game before, have never experienced it. It's from Cappy Games. Back then, they were called Capybara. Uh, they are uh, one of my favorite developers, always real high quality stuff, um, and they do really well with puzzle games. That's kind of their forte. Uh, this is another one of those taking the Might and Magic theming, I guess, although honestly, it doesn't really play off of that very well. I think it's just, it could be any fantasy-based kind of game. I don't think Yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah, it's its own thing. It doesn't, you know, if you're familiar with the Might and Magic IP, I don't think that you're going to find a lot here to connect it, you know, whatever. It's its own thing. Basically... It is a 2D puzzle game that uses mythological creatures uh, as its pieces. So basically, the, the play field is divided into two. There's a top half of the screen is your enemies. Bottom half of the screen is you. You have an army. Uh, I'm playing the campaign, and there is, I think, five different sub-campaigns. You start off with the elves, and so you are um, an elf. There's a story. There's a whole story. The story is actually pretty good, um, and I, I say good meaning that it's pretty good for a puzzle game because all it really needs to do is get you from puzzle to puzzle to puzzle. Mm -hmm. But I think there's some laughs. I think it, you know, the characters are fine. It's not, you know, you're not going to play this game for the story, but I think it is much better than anybody would have expected them to do and better than they had to do. So props for, you know, for trying hard in the story. So good job. Um, but basically you start off as the elves in the campaign and you have bears and you have fairies, and you have archers, and then as you go on, you get, like, elite troops. You get unicorns, dragons, druids that have, like, deer heads, and, like, giant deer. Uh, those are all, like, elite troops. And so, basically, what happens is you... It is it is like a match three, but actually not even remotely like a match three, where you... Your, your, your troops show up on the board. You gotta rearrange them. You can move one at a time, and you can only move three times in a turn. Um... And then you want to arrange them in a certain row. If you match three guys horizontally, like elf, elf, elf or something, it becomes a, a protection wall. But if you match them vertically, elf, elf, elf going up and down, then it becomes an attack. And so you have to manage your troops, uh, move them around based on what you need at the time, what you can move around. And knowing that you've got limited moves, um, do the best of what you can. If any attacks get through, like through your lines, through your defense... Um, then it attacks you, the player, kind of like similar to like Magic the Gathering, where if your troops absorb the hits, they do, but if you don't have any troops, you absorb the hit, and if you take enough damage, you lose. Um, so basically, you want to arrange to have some defenses, you also want to get some offense going, and then when your elite troops show up, like let's say, for example, like a, like a dragon shows up, you need to arrange a certain number of troops around the dragon, and then when you have the right number, uh, and the right color also. There's like different colors as well. The dragon activates any like does a super powered attack, like blows acid across the field and attacks the enemy for a bunch. So basically it's all about very careful manipulation of your pieces 
with limited turns each time. And if you're smart, you can get more turns. Like if you manage to get like a combo, you get like a bonus turn so you can go even further. So if you play smart, you can do more than three turns uh, per, you know, three ma- through moves. God damn, I can't talk. Have I ever podcasted before? I don't no, think so. No, this is your first time. First time ever. Sorry, mm-hmm. folks. You can do more than three moves per turn if you play smartly and, you know, get good combos going and stuff like that. So in one sense, it's straightforward. But in another sense, it's actually really complicated because you have to take everything into account. Is a guy going vertically? Is he going horizontally? What color is he? Where is he in relation to the bigger troops? What's going on with the enemy? Uh, are they about to launch an attack? Are they are they on the defensive? What's going on? So it seems simple and you can play it like a simple game, but it's really worthwhile to delve into um, the nuances of the play. And there is a lot to get into here. I think, honestly, this is a really really genius level design of a game um i really appreciate not only like the theming but also just like how the pieces move and how how many layers there are to it um i i'm having a great time with it like i said i played it back in 2009 playing it again the definitive edition i believe there's more content to it i i wouldn't say i'm not going to swear to that because i played it so long ago but it's already a huge game i'm not even through the elf campaign and i put like multiple hours into it already so you're going to do that you're going to go to the desert you're going to go to like a volcano or something like different troops every single time um there's also like side quests you can do there's also uh like stats you can do like different pieces of equipment you can equip to give you um different abilities during battle like one will buff your walls one will give you more health like one does more damage if you do a combo etc etc there's really like a lot to it um and it's very well polished looks good and that's one of the things the differences between the original version and this version graphics have been completely redone um, um, oh, as a matter of fact, ask. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As How a matter of fact, I reviewed this game, actually reviewed this game back in 2009. And I went back to Game Critics in the Archive. I pulled up my review and I'm like, there it is. And all the things I like about this game now are the exact same things I liked about it then. And I gave it a nine out of 10 back then. Wow. So that's a really good score. And But I looked at the graphics. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't realize they had completely redone the graphics. So back in the day, really simple 16 bit pixel based. You know, it looked nice. It looked great back then. Uh, but it, I think I originally played it on the DS, the original DS. Wow. Um, so they upgraded that. But now everything's hand-drawn. It's smoothly animated. The colors are bright. It looks like a million bucks. It looks fantastic. Um, it is just a super high-quality product from any angle. Story is great. Gameplay is fantastic. Graphics look great. It's a really well-nicely put-together package. They have incorporated the two screens from the DS easily and put that on your normal screen, and it works just fine. It is, it's a great game. It's a great game, folks. If you like puzzle games, if you like a new spin on puzzle, if anything I've said at all sounds remotely good, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's pretty fantastic. It's one of those things where when we see a game that's been redone with new graphics, and like you said, quality of life stuff has just changed, Yeah, it's, we play it, we being the people who played the original, and we go like, oh, yeah, it's that game. But it's yeah. actually much better than the original. It's like we played the original thinking it was this game, if that makes yes. sense. No, no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's, that is the best kind of remake where what it is now feels and looks like what you remember it being back then, but it is actually not that good back then. So yeah, they have captured exactly. the essence of what you thought it was back then. And I thought it was a 9 out of 10 back then. I loved it back then. So it is even better. I mean, it is... Literally no complaints, no problems with this game whatsoever. I think it's, I mean, I, I got nothing to criticize it for. I think it's great in every respect. Yeah. And you know me, I'm one of the most critical dudes out there. The only thing that I'll say is weird, and this is not even a complaint, but it's weird, 
is that you would think that the side quests in here, like most games, you want to do the side quest before you do the main event because you want to level up and get more experience, get more resources. Uh, in this game, it's the opposite. You have to actually level yourself up before you're tough enough to do the side quests, which is strange because I was often doing the side quests before I did the main boss. And I'm like, man, this guy's kicking my ass. Go beat the main boss. Come back. Oh, okay. I did it now. Like they've kind of got it backwards and I don't know why they did it that way. It's mm. not a problem. It just kind of caught me by surprise. It's not wrong, but you know, it doesn't follow the norms. Um, the only other thing that I'll say, okay, maybe one con is that you can run out of elite troops, like your dragon, your unicorns, your druids and stuff. Once you use those guys in battle, um, they expire and you need to go buy some more with the resources. Um, I don't know why it doesn't make a lot of sense the why you do that. And, and also it's kind of annoying because you have to go to a place to buy them rather than simply just hitting a menu and just buying more right there on the spot. It's not a big deal. Like it's usually just like one screen over, but it's just weird that like you have to go and buy them. I don't know. I mean, it's not a, it's barely anything to even talk about, right? It's just this minor little super small inconvenience, but yeah. I guess me being me, I got to find something to complain about, but regardless, fantastic game. I love it. I think it's super fun. You get a lot of game for your money. It's well done. I mean, this is, it's quality shit, dude. This is the good stuff. So, yeah, that sounds like exactly the game that we played back in the day. So, yeah, if just you better it back then, or if you never played it, which is probably what, what they're all banking on. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Absolutely check it out. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. I think it's on every system. Absolutely check this out. Okay. Over to you, Carlos. We talked about Kill Squad like the last couple shows. This was the kind of isometric shooter sci-fi alien um level up grind sort of thing uh, i played it and i kind of liked it but i didn't play a lot because i wasn't able to find any matches and this is a game that focuses a lot on multiplayer play um you jumped into it and you didn't stick with it for very long either but now you came back to it yeah basically when i broke up with diablo 4 i wanted okay. more of that style of game and like I mentioned in the first time I talked about it, it definitely feels like a Diablo game. Yeah, for it's sure. It's not open world like Diablo 4. It's more like these missions, um, which are like these little mini campaigns. But at the same time, it has that same, it has so much of the same DNA or loop because we didn't mention this last time, but in Diablo, there's treasure goblins where basically these little goblins that you kill and they're hard to catch. And if you kill them, you get all this loot. Uh, this game has those. I don't know if you noticed them. Oh yeah, like the little the pyramid guys or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're glowy, like a treasure goblin in Diablo. It's it's straight up what they did, and so they're hard to catch. And when you do, you get a bunch of shit from them. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I want to play more Diablo, but a different sci-fi version. Right. Let me go back in, <clears throat> even though I know that it's geared towards multiplayer. Yeah. Um. So what I did a couple things. Um. I just wanted to grind, and so if I could, I thought if I just grind, maybe I can just play it myself you know yeah and i did for like there's like let's see three or four campaigns i think the the second one even just the second one i try to play it when i jump back in just now mm -hmm. having only beat the first one and it said you're not level for this oh, <laughs> and really? i'm like okay. that's the second one dude like fix that because that's fucking ridiculous if you're gonna make it solo at all Again, no, if, you're right. If I can you're right. Play you have it, to, yeah, you're not wrong. You have to play, play that first one. level a yeah. couple times before you're strong enough to do the second right. level. Yeah. So I grind the second, first one again. Then I played the second one. Dumb. And then I think I was able to do the third one, you know, because I'd done so well. I leveled up so much yeah. in the second yeah, one. Yeah. And then I don't know what's going to happen. I think the, oh, yeah, it's where I got stuck is, is, um, and I'll go a little bit granular on some things I liked and disliked, but 
when it comes to the campaign, I got stuck around the last one because there was a boss that wasn't a traditional boss. It was just like a bunch of robots. Did, oh yeah, I did, did that. Did you get one, to yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the goal of that, and maybe you can tell me because it's not one guy. It's like sl- switching between different robots that it is. Yeah, it's whatever robot is. He looks slightly different. Whatever one looks slightly different at any given time is the one you're supposed to be going for. It took me a while to figure that out, but I, I got past that one. Yeah. Well, the reason I also didn't get passed by it is because certain bombs. There's bombs on the on the floor. They one shot you. Hmm. Uh, for me, they did. They so basically, like I had no chance to use a health potion. I had all the like upgrades. I felt very strong for that level, mm-hmm. but I got kept getting one shot by the bombs that oh, they put on the floor. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't have that experience, but yeah. yeah. Long story short, it, it, it felt like they didn't want me to play it solo, right? I don't think they do. Yeah. I really don't think they do. And yeah. so I said, "Okay, you win. Uh, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I will not play your game then." Um, but then the other couple of small things is that we didn't mention last time. When you pick uh, the match, it says public or private. The yes. box to pick public or private is like one inch tall. It's like the most miniature box. Oh, it's really hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. I can't TV. even, I couldn't even select it. I like actually almost picked uh, public. You can actually, you, you, the UI is so small, you can actually click to zoom in on that. I don't know if you noticed oh, that. Oh, I didn't you know Click that. one of the yeah. sticks, it zooms in because they know. The text is tiny. You got to zoom in on that on the UI screen and then pick the right thing. Yeah, it must obviously be a PC game, right? Because like this yeah, is a yeah, PC it, game. It's you know, yeah, it is. Yeah, all the menus are. Like, it's supposed to be a mouse, right? It's the other thing where exactly. it's like a controller acts as a mouse. So okay, it should just stay PC multiplayer Diablo game. That again, if you're a multiplayer and you're on uh, Steam, you know, and you're playing your mouse and keyboard, maybe you'll like it. But I just on a console as a one player even trying to like play it as like a Diablo thing and kind of get some like out of it. I really enjoyed some of the gameplay when I went back to it. I was like, man, I do like some of this tactile feedback and spinning. And, you know, I was playing a melee character, but it just kept, they kept going back to the original thing about not having fun. They kept um, boxing me out of playing their game. Yeah. You know, especially as a single player person, like I couldn't do it. So yeah, I had to leave again. And yeah. it, it sucks because I invested more time and I actually had a pretty strong character. But it's a shame, dude. I know I believe this game was in early access for like two years um, and before now, before they launched it. And I just it, it sucks because I think there's a lot to like here. Like we said in the previous episodes, I do think it feels really good on, con- on console. I liked it. Um, I think it depends on if you find the character you vibe with. And I didn't like my first couple, but I did find one eventually. And by the way, to be clear, I liked my character a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. You played the melee guy with the hammer, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just like I kept not being – I kept being under-leveled or underpowered. Yeah. I mean, that's really the thing, right, is because I feel like if they had structured this as a traditional – again, like level after level, finish it, beat the boss, move on to the next level – I think this would be a really fun game, especially with the different characters. Like I could see myself going through it multiple times with different characters and leveling up, but to turn it into kind of a, a multiplayer and also kind of a grindy game, I think is a problem. Uh, I liked it a lot. I didn't play for very long, but I liked my character. But again, like you, I got to maybe the seventh or eighth level and they're not linear levels. You can choose like different pathways, but I got seven or eight levels in and I just got tired of like redoing the same level over and over to grind up to get to the next one because I couldn't find anybody to play with. And, you know, like a hell divers or something like that. Like I have no problem grouping up with randos as long as we don't talk to each other. And that's, that's what this wa- game was. I was able to find 
a couple of matches during the pre-release period when other reviewers were playing it. So I did a couple matches and I thought it worked fine. It was fun. I liked it and I wanted to play more. But once it went to full release, couldn't find anybody to play with. And it's a shame because I feel like these developers have talent and I like what they did. I just think that choosing it to be this, you know, again, people chasing that. We want to get people in our ecosystem. We want people yes. to be playing the multiplayer. Get off of that, man. There's only going to be a couple of those. I think if they had made this a regular game, I, I would like it. But I probably would have played it all the way through, honestly. I was going to so. say that does also go back to our first point about like what they built. Like there's so many resources. There's so many upgrade things, you know, yeah, it's just like, it's just like I just there was that. so much crap going on. And I was like, yeah, but I like the dodge roll. I like the spin. I like the attack. I like some of the character models. Like, yeah. let me just be in this world. Yeah. And by the it, way, if this game yeah. was sci-fi like this and open world, I would have been all over that shit. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, yeah. It just, like you said, it, it kind of gets back to that thing about where you're not really designing straight for fun. You're, you're thinking about your ecosystem and you're thinking about player retention and you're thinking about, you know, getting people back in, like, just make a good game, man. Like I, I really don't think people should keep con continuing to chase this, like this plan of like getting players to stay in all the time. Just do like a, just do like a 10 hour adventure game and just move on with your life. I, I would be very happy with that. Yeah. So, oh, anyway. by the way, last con, no map. Yeah. Come on. Oh, I know, dude. This it is 2023. It needs a map so bad. I think I checked. I, yeah. It was 2023. Because literally there's like side paths with a bunch of loot, right? Yeah. So I just had to like go every direction to find the loot. No, no excuse. It needs a no map. No excuse. Like, full stop. Needs a map. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Okay. That is Kill Squad. Probably not going to talk about that one again, which is a shame. Felt like it had some potential, but oh well. Uh, moving on, Carlos, Black Desert Online, which is a game I've heard about a million times, but I've actually never jumped in because it's an MMO. So uh, I just didn't even bother but black desert online why are we talking about it today you jumping back in you jumping in first time what's your history with black desert online definitely tried it before i bring it back up because uh at work uh which i work at twitch and crown channel and doing shows we recently did a show on black desert online and it was really fun to watch people play it and i was like wow this is really fun i remember playing it when it first came out probably and i did have a fun time with the combat so of course it's been so long since that came out. There's so many upgrades, so many seasons, right? It is similar to Diablo where there's seasons. Okay. But I think there's, I brought it up because A, it, there's so many better quality of life stuff that they do <clears throat> versus like a Diablo. Um, and I can't speak to Path of Exile, but because, you know, with the season that, of Diablo 4 that I just talked about, there's very few like new story beats and there's very few things to do besides this one or two new mechanics. And, and also there's a lot of gated stuff. Like if I didn't beat the campaign, I could never even play the seasons unless I, you know, beat the campaign first and then you can skip it. The point I bring that up is because I have not touched this game forever. There's so many different seasons going and it's like, pick whatever you want to do. It's like, you know, super quality of life, uh, MMO where like okay. I picked a season, <clears throat> I did do some of the original story, but then I could skip part of it. You know, and they're like, okay, jump in now. <clears throat> so like it was just super quality of life like uh again similar to diablo <clears throat> where diablo 4 has limited stash and you always run out of room you know inventory wise yeah 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 yeah. <clears throat> in uh in this game like every few minutes or so like there's this little black spirit that comes along with you the black spirit's like hey i gave you a gift it's a new inventory slot <laughs> hey i gave you a gift it's a new thing to help out, you know, it's like all these little additions. Here's a pet. The pet will go get things for you. Like they just keep giving you tons of quality of life. 
And in, in a game like this, and like we said, having short amount of time to play a game, if you do want to jump into an MMO, this sounds like an ad, I would say Black Desert's the best one to do it because it just front loads it with like all this quality of life, anything you can skip, you can really just jump in and play. And on top of that, the combat is fucking fun. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me stop you for a minute because I don't okay. know anything about this game. So just like a, a very basic nuts and bolts level, like what can you expect playing this game? Is third person? Is it combat? Is it shooting? Like, I don't know. Like, How do you not know about anything about Black Desert Online? Because I, I never bothered because I knew I was going to play it. I know literally nothing about it. San- so. Okay, I'll read it, the description. Sandbox-oriented fantasy, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Uh, it's a Korean video game developer, uh, Pearl Abyss. There's definitely a lot of Korean like uh, lore too. Remember, like what's what's the Chinese game I liked? Um, oh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, but I know what you're talking about. I like games that have different mythologies that introduce you to different parts of the world. This is definitely has a ton of like you know Korean influence. Obviously, Korean de- developers. Um, they don't like it's not the first and foremost. It's it's also a very you know awesome fantasy game, and but the Black Spirit and like different things that you meet in the in the world have like, you know, touchstones to mythology and stuff like that. So that's the game. But there's also when you pick a character, I don't know, 15 to 17 different styles of character. And each one is totally different when it comes to like, their combat. Like classes wise? Yeah, classes wise. Like I finally picked not just tanky melee character. I picked someone that's fast and like can shoot like some magic, like, you know, like, um, like kind of a ninja kind of stiff mm-hmm, skills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then i also felt tanky enough to like withstand damage but man oh man here's an example of this characters he has like seven to eight moves just out the gate right like you don't have to upgrade anything it's just immediately fun to play this character you can jump and then when you jump you hit like the attack move he spins in the air and darts forward and attacks that's just one move of jumping and hitting an attack button then there's all the special moves there's the special moves together. There's powered up stuff. It's just, I won't go into it. This is one character out of like 17 classes, and it's fun as shit to play. So when it because it's an MMO, and because it has quality of life stuff like totally front-loaded, it, the combat is your, what you'll be doing the most of, right? You'll be grinding. But it doesn't feel like grinding if it's fun. And I, this is a perfect bookend to the show. It's fun. You know what I mean? Like hmm. it, like the first boss was like, and there was, you know, definitely some story in the first campaign that like, wasn't not, you know, that wasn't throwaway. And I beat the first boss. It wasn't a fucking floating boss with a lot of mobs. It was one dude, you know, big ass dude monster. And I felt really good at beating him because I had leveled up enough. I understood my moves. It was fun as shit to fight him. And I mean, talk about addictive dopamine rush. It's just really good, and and I don't need to play it forever, and I can jump in at 15-minute segments, you know, and play it. But I can't speak highly enough. No wonder it's done so well for so many years, right? Why why does a game stay around for so long? They're just – they're smart, man. Uh, I think it's 30 million people play it or something. I don't know. A lot of people play it. Hmm. Wow. And, wait, celebrating its 50 million – Black Desert Online player registration since its launch. 50, 50 million. million. Wow, that is that is that is crazy. That is wild, dude. That is it's wild. wild, but I'm saying Diablo, Blizzard, everybody look at this because what did I say? It's quality of life. It's fun gameplay. And to my knowledge, there is so much different campaign stuff that you can do in any direction. 
you know, it's not like a one path and that's it that I could just be in that world forever and just have a lot of fun. But, um, wow. definitely not an ad. And I just thought I'd jump back in after seeing it at work and I was like, Oh shit, no, this is fun as shit. It's like so fun to play. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's just super cool. It's fucking funny to hear you talk about this because okay. 50 million people. That is not a small number. And I literally knew fuck all about this game. So it goes to show how big gaming is and how this game, you know, can be around for so many years and have so many players. And it is not even remotely in my sphere. And I am a fucking full-time ass video game critic where I like, I play 10 games a week and like, this is just not on my purview, which again, just goes to show the scope of gaming, right? How you can be in games for 30 years and never come across a game. Like, you know, I've heard of it, but like, that's it. Like, yeah, never seen it. Didn't bother playing it. Didn't, you know, it's not in my world at all, but obviously it's in a lot of people's worlds. It's just wild to think that there's this giant thing that I just have no interaction with, but it's this monster thing. Amazing. Well, yeah. And also like we both don't play destiny, but that's pretty huge. You exactly. Know, massive yeah, game exactly. too. Exactly. I want to say two more things real quick. One, okay. uh, everybody check it out. Obviously it's like mostly free, right? I think it's like, there's some pay stuff, but um, I didn't pay for shit. Cosmetics. You know? I would imagine. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. You know? um, there's slight pay to win. And the fact that like you can be, you can buy more pets, pets can help you retrieve more shit quicker. Right. So if you're grinding and stuff, there's some mi- miniature pay to win mini light pay to win but you don't need it you don't need to do any of it you could just have fun um but i also say these guys pearl abyss and girls and everybody 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 working on pearl abyss making dokev or doki v what remember doki uh i don't know how you say it but it's it's a huge sensation the trailer went everywhere during e3 and stuff what it's um, recent. yeah it's called doki v and it looks fucking incredible i have literally no idea what you're talking about uh i did bring it to the show already but um i'll remind (laughs) you it's this it looks kind of like you're you're a bunch of kids which is weird you know we probably oh we're not the target audience yeah it's like pokemon but it looks like the graphics like insane open world action adventure open world you can skateboard not an mmo gotcha you can like collect monsters you fight monsters Anyways, it just looks spectacular, and I don't think I'll play it, but it just looks so amazing. It does look amazing, but it looks like it's too kitty for me. It probably is too kitty for me, but I do like the skateboarding and open world. But anyways, they're just like knocking out a bunch of interesting games. Uh, That's it. Black Desert Online. Check it out. Free. Um, You can have a lot of fun with it. Right on. Okay, that came out of nowhere. Interesting. Interesting. Um, One more for you, Carlos, before we close it out with my final game of the show. Halls of Torment. Um, you just brought this up recently. I have never heard of it, but I did mention recently and I talked about recently, there's a lot of survivors likes coming out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Vampire Survivors took the world by storm. This unassuming game from out of nowhere, Italian developer, basically a uh, small team, one person, maybe, maybe, you know, one person plus helpers or something. Um, and everybody in the world knows about Vampire Survivors now. Huge hit. It won the BAFTA for best game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it's marvelous. I play it still like once or twice a week, honestly. Um, so there, we're seeing a lot of these games come out now. A lot of people are biting that steez. They are stealing that formula and they are they are doing something with it. So um, this is another one of those Survivors likes. I've got thoughts. I'm going to shut up for now. But tell us about Halls of Torment. Uh, how you found it? How is it like Vampire Survivors? How is it different? What can we expect? Fill us in, sir. Halls yeah. of Torment. Uh, friend of the show and my local barista, Owen, <laughs> at Starbucks, 
uh, tell me about it because we have similar uh, thoughts on games and likes. And, and we mentioned that one on the show pretty often, actually. I hope yeah, he listens because he gets name checked like every other episode. He does. Um, he brought me Vampire Survivors. I found out about it from him, actually. And then you found out about it through me. Yeah, back when I was still uh, PC early access or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he brought it up. That he was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing that a lot now. And, um, you know, I hadn't played vampire survivors for a while or any game like it and yes you're right like there's too many there's like tons and tons of people making those style there's games there's a lot of them now yeah. yeah and even on console there's almost one i picked up on playstation but i did i decided not to um i think you have to do something different and i think halls of torment does the main difference is it's very much like vampire survivors um you can pick different classes you open up different classes as you progress roguelike in that way where like fight a bunch of monsters get things upgrade your character Go back to the hub, do it all over again, open up a new map, vampire survivors. Okay. The differences are one, the graphics on the game itself and specifically in the cutscenes, because there's a few different cutscenes, are PlayStation 1 style, which is kind of interesting. Uh, like, say, say you meet somebody, you meet somebody in one of the first levels. If you can rescue him, he'll go back to the hub and open up a whole new like section of the game. But when you talk to him, it's like straight up PlayStation 1, you know, polygon graphics. Okay. So it's that kind of a different style. I, I okay. think you already hate that. I think you pre-hate that. I'll, I'll save my comments for okay, the okay. end, but yeah, keep going. But I like that because it definitely made it feel different. It wasn't like <clears throat> just 2D cartoony Vampire Survivors, right? That's that's very pixely, uh, what, 8-bit, 16-bit? Like 8-bit eight eight graphics, yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is, is more than that, right? So it's adding kind of another voxely pixely kind of feel to it okay um and then i don't know if vampire survivors had this but like you can uh, equip different gear uh no there's nothing to equip yeah okay so as you open up new people because you do find new people in different maps they go back to the hub and they open up new things for you so like one of them like i said is a guy who says okay here i'm gonna keep all your gear for you and you can equip stuff and then you can buy different things or find different things and in the map, I think Vampire Survivors did this too. When you get on the map, it shows you like an arrow and says, hey, over here, there's something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it did that. But although I, I feel like there's more things on these maps because like the first map had like three different things. So I, you know, three different directions to go in. And then when you get them, you know, they're huge finds or like equipment or something huge. Um, and then the power up feels good. You know, like I played, uh, this, by the way, each run is about, 30 minutes or so to the boss. Okay. My very first run of this game went 28 minutes. Oh, okay. I like, I was just vibing with it, you know, like I was in the zone and I just didn't get to the boss, but I almost did. Um, what they do is like, they throw everybody at you at the end, all these waves of monsters. Sure. Sure. And so I just ate shit at the very last second. But the point is I was just so into these games and you buy, you and I both like versed in them. We know how to play them. So I was picking all the right upgrade paths uh, for people who don't know, in these kind of games, you just keep getting upgrades as you play and fight monsters. And I was picking critical damage. I was picking defense. And I was just doing all the right things so that I made it pretty far on my first run. Um, <clears throat> if you're expecting some other huge thing that makes it set apart, uh, I don't have it. <laughs> I also don't have any more voice. I just realized my voice is leaving. <clears throat> so I'm going to let you take over now while I drink water. 
Yeah, I kind of went off about this. I think it was on the episode when I was uh, the solo episode a while back. And it's just like, I mean, what you s- described sounds fine. I think I've already played at least two other one of these survivors likes. And I'm just like, you're I haven't played this one. So to be fair, I've not I've not played this one. Halls of Torment. But I played a couple other ones uh, and I'm like, you guys aren't doing anything even remotely different enough. You're just cashing in on the success of Ponkle. Uh, the name of the studio that did Vampire Survivors, and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just not here for it. I'm just not here for it. If you've got an iteration that really makes sense, graphics is not enough. Slight, you know, equip a thing. Okay, not enough. Like, I don't know, man. It's just a personal thing. I mean, people are free to do whatever they want to do, and I'm sure that some people who didn't vibe with Survivors uh, may want to play something that looks a little different or whatever. But just like from a development perspective i would just be like i I wouldn't want to make that game you know um it's like when you read a cool book like let's say you read moby dick and you're like oh man what a dope story dude goes and kills a whale i'm gonna write a book except he's gonna he's gonna kill a giant fish and not a whale but basically the same book like fuck off like it wasn't your idea you know what i mean it's gonna be different there's gonna be bits that are different but just for me personally as a creator on multiple levels and just seeing how many people are rushing to make a survivor like like cool i guess it's it's respect to them because uh Ponkle made something that was pretty incredible um but i don't know i, okay. just, I have zero interest in playing anything <laughs> unless it's unless it is significantly different and i haven't seen one clear that bar yet okay so i have two things to say to that sure <clears throat> one devil's advocate is every rpg that i play that i like that i know is like comfort food for me sure. is fucking the same sure so it, it can still be fine to have that's the same I that's why i don't play those rpgs yeah, they're all the same. Okay, well, that's a bigger thing to unpack. <laughs> but anyways, to, to your point, though, and to, to I don't know, um, chagrin of Owen or whatever, but, like, I probably won't keep playing this. Mm-hmm. I really do think it does what it does well. So it, it's, it's, it is what it is, right? Chagrin of Owen is a pretty good title for a show. Okay. That's well, a pretty good show. He's already been in the title. Let's not give him two has titles. He? Oh, man. Yes, Multi- wow. Multiple guest star in the title. We Owen. had a pretty good one in the beginning. No offense, MV- MVP of the show. Okay, go ahead. What was the other title? Do you wrote it down? I I, yeah, I wrote them down. I got them all written down. Well, what is it? Back to Fun Again. Having Not Fun was pretty good, but I think we need to get Owen somewhere in there. Anyway, Back to Fun on. Again. Okay. Um, but to your point, like just like with Remnant, I'm not going to play Remnant 2 anymore because I don't want to play a Dark Souls game right now. Yeah. So I probably will stop this because I don't want to play Vampire Survivors right now. Right? I do. I Fuck. Fuck me. I want a new experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hear you. Um, so yeah, I don't want to do this anymore probably, but I did have fun when I was playing it. Could I jump back at any time? Yes, I could. Um, but yeah, just it, it does what Vampire Survivors does. And if you like that, you can play it. There you go. Oh, I wish you could see my face right now because I am so full of scorn at the moment. I am so disapproving at this moment. Face but whatever. full of scorn. People can do whatever they want to do, and that's a, it's, it's a free world, man, at least for now. So, okay, Halls of Torment. I will not check into that one. Uh, I gave okay. you two. That's it. That means I, it was a twofer. No, that, two games. Two, two is good, though, yeah. man. Two is good. Like, and it's hard to sell me on shit, so you got two. Uh, final game of the show, closing it out. So we do, as we say in the opening talk about uh new stuff old stuff and anything in between i think this definitely qualifies and uh makes makes our guarantee come true here guarantee of of that's not a guarantee whatever it makes our phrase real makes it true because we do cover other stuff although we do usually talk about new stuff but hitman 3 uh not a, not a brand new game uh, also something you just ago. talked about on the show did i, I didn't talk just about last show. week i mentioned i was gonna play it no what did i say, what did I say? 
I think you talked about it. You said that you went back to it because you said you and Corey talked about it forever. And then yeah, you I talked about the first level. It. I talked about the first level, how I didn't like the first level very much. But I okay. finished it. I finished it all the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Completed the entire game. Uh, it was much shorter than I thought it would be. It's expect- super short. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting a much bigger game. And it's weird because uh, I know other people have said this as well. Uh, but I think that modern Hitman releases... Um, speaking of which, Hitman is 20 years old. Did you know that? Did you no. realize that? It's like 20, more than 20 years old as a franchise, which blew me away when I looked it up. Um, anyway, I think it came out in 2000 or 2001. They almost feel like level packs now, not even like, yes. you know, which is okay. But I they should have sold them like that. That's yeah, what this I mean, new game was like, remember? Yeah, I know that they, I know that um, IO Interactive is has been experimenting with that concept. Level packs as opposed to big games. It almost killed them as a studio. There was a lot of back and forth with the publisher. There's a whole, there's multiple articles written about how they experimented with the level pack design and it, it just did not work for them for whatever reason. So I give them props for trying. And I, and this is not a criticism at all because if you sell me a level pack of Hitman, I'm going to buy that because I like Hitman. But I just, I just, I guess I kind of expected more of a, a longer game, I, I suppose. But um, anyway, finished Hitman 3. If you don't know what Hitman is, what is it? It is a third what? person behind the back you got to say it you got to say it for people do you know. though you do you i do. feel like anybody listening to our podcast should just not if they no, come on because come you know on. when i listen to a podcast one thing that i fucking hate tangent folks one thing that i fucking hate as a podcast listener is and i listen i used to listen to a ton and i still listen to a few now is when someone says something and they don't explain what it is and they assume everybody knows because there's always one person out there that doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about and then the whole segment is worthless because they have no context to base it on that's happened to me like a lot of times i'm a fucking lifelong 40 plus year just like you are a game veteran i'm a fucking video game i run my own goddamn website i play 10 games a week and there's still games that i don't know about right and so whenever i hear somebody be like Oh, I just played so and so, blah 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 blah, and I'm like, well, what is it? I okay. don't know, you know. Okay, but also it is in the name too. Just I'm saying. I mean, sure, sure, it is in the Hitman. Okay, but if you don't know, it is behind the back third person game with really intricate levels and a lot of saving and respawning, where you try to sneak into different like outfits and you try to find the most efficient way to kill people. Uh, you know, maybe there's some CEO at the top of a building or there's some guy on a boat or whatever, some rich asshole in his mansion. And you like, you know, you know, sometimes you sneak in as the butler, but then you can come back and be the gardener. Or sometimes you're the servant or sometimes you're just the killer and you kill everybody. There's like multiple ways to approach each level. And that's half the fun is just kind of figuring out all the pieces that go together. Um, Hitman has a pretty good sense of humor. A lot of people don't seem to know that, but it's a really funny game, deeply funny game, black humor, of course. Um, but, you know, they'll do stuff like, put an exploding golf ball in and you, you set the guy, tee him up. And then when he hits the ball, he blows up. It's really funny. Or you can, um, you know, like, uh, tamper with someone's ejection seat in a jet fighter. And that's a really funny death when they eject at the wrong time and stuff. So there's lots of humor in it. Uh, it's really complex. It's definitely its own thing. I don't really know of anybody else that's doing a hitman like, do you Carlos? Have you played no, a hitman like? It reminds me of like sections out of like a GTA game or something. A little bit, like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to kind of do this, you know, elaborate plot or Saints Row or something. You're like, yeah. we've got to dress as butlers and then go into this one place and sneak for a minute and then we can go guns blazing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, if you think of like an open world third um, person game, it's like that. It's like these little sections of a game. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to describe it. Like a typical mission in Hitman is like, you arrive at this building and you're in your Hitman suit, which is a nice, uh, nice suit. You're a bald Agent 47 who's pretty iconic. He's got the little barcode on the back of his neck. I think a lot of people have seen that by now. 
Um, but you would go in and then like you find the gardener, you knock the gardener out, you steal the gardener's suit and you use that gardener suit to walk through the grounds. You get to the house, you find somebody who's in the kitchen, you dish the gardener suit, you knock out the chef, you dress like a chef for a while. You're inside the house and then you find the butler. Then you switch to the butler suit. You get upstairs near the guy. Something's wrong in the guy's room. You switch to like, you know, his his personal assistant's outfit or the repairman outfit or whatever. And then you stick a screwdriver in his TV. So the next time he turns on his TV, he gets electrocuted. And then you like leave the house and you've got your kill. You know, yeah. it's like this like long kind of chain of events that you do um, with all these different things. I love the Hitman series. There's not really quite anything else out there like it. Um, and so Hitman 3, which I mentioned last time, as you as you noted, um, it doesn't start well for me. I'm a series vet and I, I really bounced off that first level. You're in um, kind of a really, really tall tower, very similar to the... Um, what is that one tower that's the tallest tower in the world right now? The Burj Khalifa, I believe, is what it's called. Mm. Um, anyway, you're 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 doing this kind of thing. Lots of guards. It's really like big area. There's tons of people around. Like it's a really difficult, a really difficult first level to get your feet wet in. And I hadn't played Hitman for a while, so I was rusty. And I just got really frustrated. Like I felt like it was too difficult of a first level for coming back to it after a while. But I, I finally just pushed through, got past that. The next level I thought was awesome. So that was a nice um, a nice little treat where, I don't know if you remember this one, Carlos. You played Hitman 3, right? I played the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you get to this mansion and you can either kill the person right off the bat or you can pretend to be a detective and there's like a whole second murder to solve. You play like Sherlock Holmes. Did you do that one? Yeah, I didn't do the Sherlock Holmes. I'll tell oh, you a minute how I play Hitman games. Okay, okay. You if can you can't know already how I play I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah. But I did the Sherlock Holmes thing. I thought that was super fun and then it bumped off my person at the end. That was really fun. And there's a couple of cool levels. This Hitman 3 actually does some different things. I'm not going to spoil it, but the final level of Hitman is actually wildly different and I thought that was a lot of fun as well. So it was pretty short, but once I got past that kind of crappy first level, I thought the rest of it was pretty good and I'm glad that I came back to it. Um, I will say though, um, before we get to your perspective or Carlos, uh, I do think that the the presentation of it right now is is a little bit too slick. And what I mean by that is IO Interactive, the, the developers, um, have this like this 20 year property. Hitman's been going on for 20 years. They've got Hitman 1, Hitman 2, Hitman 3. They've got sniper contracts. They've got a couple other things. You can buy this all in one package for like 70 or 80 bucks, which is like a ton of content. But the way that they have it mashed together in the menus, I find it very hard to understand the menus. Like it's like high tech, kind of like Apple looking screens where everything is just like, it's really hard for me to tell like what mode am I supposed to be in? What what version of which mode am I playing? Where's the story at? Like what's yeah. going on? I wish it's they would over just over slick. Yeah, it's too slick. I wish they would just break it down a little bit, make it a little bit more straightforward, um, so that if you're coming to Hitman for the first time, I would imagine feeling very overwhelmed by this menu. If I looked at it for the first time and I'd never played Hitman, I'd be like, wow, there's like eight thousand choices and I don't know where to start and I don't know what I'm doing. They need to clean that up a little bit. Um, can I so can that, I add on to that real quick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because it it ties into the games as a service thing. Mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. this whole podcast really it's about yeah. fun and games of service because that's as soon as i turned it on i was like fuck you i was really angry like again remember they sold them in like packages like episodes yeah. for a while they did yeah they did and so it wasn't and it, you had to wait for them to come out and stuff and i i didn't like that either and i was like okay i think they were still developing them actually um and like they were working on the levels but it does feel like super slick. It feels like games of service. It feels like it's always online. I think it is always. It online. is always online. Which yeah, sucks. fuck yeah. off. Stupid. Um, and I come from the world of. I know now I'm making a longer tangent. I like Hit Hitman Absolution. I like the more action oriented game. <laughs> that versions. is the worst one in the series. Yeah, it's in to you. 
To me, it is the worst yeah. one in the series. Yeah, in, for sure. In mine, I like it quite a bit. Uh, I also like the slow motion deaths in it because when you do these slow motion deaths, sure. sure. So, so anyways, I'm an action guy mainly. Anyhow, I don't want a stealth, but I can find the the fun and humor of the stealth part. Um, I'm jumping all over it now, but I want to say that yeah, when I started it up, like you, it just felt like a million menus and like online connectivity. Yeah, and you're like, just drowning in stuff. Like, yeah, I'm just like, like where's the where do mission? I start? And then, What's going on? And when I do the mission and when I finish it, it goes me back to a menu. You know, it's like, well, well, did I do it? I don't even know what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I'm sure it sounds like we're overreacting, but I, I guarantee you, like, if you start this game up and you see the menus, it's it's sensory overload like it's a mm-hmm. lot and it's really hard to figure out what's what it's just it's really messy um but yeah that's kind of the thing too the always online and, and they do like a lot of like seasons and they do new online missions they're again trying to get people to stay in the ecosystem yes. which i don't think is a great idea i wish they would stop doing that but anyway um i do love hitman i'm glad i played hitman 3 uh otherwise i will refer people to go to gamecritics.com uh, former podcast co-host Corey Motley, uh, an equal Hitman fan, he wrote a really spot-on review for this game, and I went back and read his review after I finished Hitman 3, and he basically said literally everything that I was going to say about it. I mean, the things that he liked about it were right, and things he didn't like about it I also didn't like, so I'm not going to go into it now, but check out his review at GameCritics.com, um, and I think that uh, Hitman 3 still is a worthwhile game, and if you've never played a Hitman... I really don't think there's anything else there like it. Like, there's little bits here and there. Like you said, the GTA comparison or, like, Saints Row. Like, they'll do, like, a mission kind of like Hitman. But, like, nothing approaching the complexity, the Swiss watch design of these levels, the the kind of, like, play-as-you-go kind of, like, improvisation when things go wrong. I mean, and just the funny shit that you do. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's this, there was this one section where... Uh, this is not a spoiler because this is, like, a really late-game thing and you don't even have to do this. But, like, I was I was deep in the heart of this techno tech bro kind of like development PC development thing and high, like high, high security. Right. And so I, I I find this uh, vial of chloroform in one of the labs and the people that I need to find are inside this little air conditioned room, but it's all glass and I can't get in there and kill them because everybody's going to see me if I go in there and kill them. So I locate where the air vent is and I dump the chloroform in and you can turn a fan on or off. Right. So I dump it in, turn the fan on, chloroform goes in everybody in the room falls asleep and they fall over but then all the guards are like oh shit what's going on so i turn the fan off they all run in there to see what's going on with the people they start trying to revive them and then turn the fan back on and then the chloroform goes back in it again and there's like bodies stacking on top of bodies and every time somebody comes in i'm like turn the fan off let them in they go inside fan back on and it's just like it was like a fucking reverse clown car of bodies stacked up in that room and it was so stupid and funny and they know it's stupid and funny they want you to do it because it's a laugh right like it's hilarious um stuff like that happens all the time in addition to just the straight up killing people and stuff so and yeah, i got a good sense of humor in a perfect world that's what my favorite part of it is but here's my it's kind of a double-edged sword because they'll do that then it won't be realistic like you said like people won't even notice like crazy shit going on yeah yeah or they'll all notice right like the whole yes. party's mad at you yes, now yes so it's like it's these, these like uh, slippery slope or what it's called, like gray areas of AI, you know, and you go like, oh, that makes sense. And it's funny because you it's it's reacting to what you did. But then it's like, oh, why are they reacting that way? Um, and yeah, in an RPG, I would love more of this, which is like, I'm going to play the game how I want to play it, you know? Yeah. But especially in three, I felt like it was so over slick that it it knew what it wanted me to do. If I was going to go on a tangent with a screwdriver or something or a wrench, it had a plan for me to use that wrench 
Yes. Right? And like the chloroform and stuff like that. But it couldn't really like let me really do what I want to do. You know, I just feel like, so what, 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 what I would do in almost every Hitman game is I would always end up doing brute force. But the brute force, to its credit, would also let me do weird things. You know, like, so a, a guy comes into the bathroom and I'm like doing the thing where you turn all the faucets on so he comes in to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you can flood the, flood the bathroom yeah. when somebody comes in to investigate. He or... comes in, I beat the shit out of him, right? Take his stuff or whatever. But then instead of like what they want me to do is like, now be sneaky in my whatever costume. I just went out and hit somebody else just like in broad daylight and brought him in the bathroom. You know, like I just kind of brute forced it how I sure, wanted to. Sure, sure. And so to their credit, they let me do that too. Um, yeah, you can do that. That is So that's how I play do. all these games. I just like, I fuck around for a minute, but I always just like expose myself and say, hey, I'm Hitman and I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> and, 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 and like you said, you can do that. Like you don't have to stealth. You don't have to do the costumes. I mean, basically it's much harder to do that because I think that, um, you know, you can easily get overwhelmed and you're not invincible. Uh, so, you know, you can die pretty easily once the guards get activated and stuff. But, you know, you can knock out like silly numbers of people and you can kill random dudes. I mean, I was on a um, <laughs> I was on a train and I just kept pushing people off the side. Like, you oh, know, yeah. just walk up and push them off the side, yeah. push them off the side. But it's really funny. It's really funny. Or but like anyway, you, if you go outside, you push them off the, the balcony. Balcony. I think I did that. Yes. Yeah. Balcony kills are really well, funny. One of the last thing, Hitman, yeah. I remember is that I, I think this is three where there's like um the model uh, floor, like a show floor. They're mm-hmm. doing a model walk. Oh, that's an, I think that's the previous one, Hitman 2, I believe. Is that in 2? Yeah, were you doing the Paris fashion walk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's in, oh, I okay, think it's okay. in 2. But I like that a lot because in that one, you pretend to be like a fashion model. Model, and but you, know, you walk the runway. Yeah. you know me. I just like, I walked on the runway for a second and then immediately jumped into the crowd and started fighting people. <laughs> and they were like, what's going on? And I liked watching how they built the reaction to that yeah because they actually had everybody freak out it wasn't just like you know the ai didn't know what i was doing yeah like it's people like, panic and run away people were panicking they're like stuff. why yeah. is a model jumping off the counter and then fighting everybody um so yeah they build those moments that are really fun i just felt like three was too slick for me and i didn't feel like i had enough uh agency i yeah. feel like they it was more like closed and how they want uh, you know that's a good point i agree with that and i th- i don't think that hitman 3 is my favorite because that i did run into that a fair amount of times where i felt like the levels that you have in hitman 3 specifically are pretty locked down like i like to screw around also i like to sometimes just walk into a level and just whatever happens happens and just kind of like have a lot of fun but this one had quite a number of like lots of guards around lots of security yes. lots of like really tight design where you you kind of have to engage with the stealth a little bit even just because you're not really going to get too far um, one of my favorite aspects of any Hitman game is the ability to grab a sniper rifle and kill your target like from the like within the first five minutes of the level, right? Some of these levels can take like one or two or three hours yeah. if you really take your time. But if you have a sniper rifle and just go, that's one thing that I appreciate uh, where you, your targets may be on the roof of a building. And instead of doing 19 desi- disguises to get to the roof of the building, you just simply get a beat on me, pop on me, leave. Like, that's great design. And there's only a couple moments where you can do that here. You can eventually do it once you, like, unlock some stuff. But it takes too long to get to that point, and I don't like doing the unlocks. I just I appreciate where they give you the choice, where if you want to do the level in five minutes, you can do that. You want to do it in three hours, you can do that, too. Um, I wish they would just loosen up just a little bit for the next one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they do the next one, I feel like. And that's why I like parts of Absolution. 
there's parts of those older games and not just Absolution, even Hitman 2 or something, where they let you just go a little nuts. They know? do. They do. Like Absolution sure. lets you go the most nuts, right? Um, but that's what I like because they still have you getting in disguises in that game, yeah, right? Yeah. You know. But if if shit goes sideways, let me go all the way sideways. You know what I mean? That is true. I will say asterisk though. Um, you can buy the Hitman Deluxe package. I think it's on Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Comes with Hitman One, Two, and Three, and the Sniper um, Assassin missions, where you're just doing sniper rifle, which is pretty fun, also. And they do the bonus side stories, and they do some of the seasonal content. But the one thing that is not included with this all-in-one package is Absolution. Fuck them. They're dumb. <laughs> They're dumb. Don't let people play the awesomest game. Oh, dummies! Man. You dummies. All right, folks. I'm gonna go, I'm, I'm gonna go re-download it today, just to, in just spite everybody. It. Bring it to the show next week. Tell me. I will. I'm gonna right. do it right. right now. All right. <laughs> All right, folks, that is the show. Just a couple non-game related things before we go here. Carlos, you were going to talk about some stuff, uh, non-game related stuff before we go. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm about to watch it right after this podcast. So uh, if you remember, I brought to the show this this uh, um, show called Fired on Mars. Yeah, you mentioned that? that. Yeah, like last episode. Yeah, I, think. yeah. I don't think uh-huh. you watched it. Um, Not yet, but I wrote it down. Very good. I think the 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 end act didn't do really well. Like the last like two episodes. Oh no! They kind of didn't stick the landing. But it's such a good beginning that still I think worth watching. Uh, and it's only like what seven episodes long or something. Eight. I think it's still good. Okay. But the idea of that show is a guy who's like down on his luck. He's on Mars. He lost his job. It's a weird setup. But it's really about him being down on his luck. And I like characters who have like, you know, an uphill battle. Yet there's still comedy in it. So what this is, it's on Netflix. I'm so excited about it. They do everything better than Fired on Mars, but it's so similar to Fired on Mars, including the animation style. What's it called? It's called Captain Fall. Captain Fall, okay. the main character is voiced by Jason Ritter, and I really like him. Oh, I love Jason Ritter. Yeah, and he just fits it perfectly because this guy, again, is this nerdy guy who everybody shits on him. He's trying to be a ship captain, but he can't be because he's just not good at it. And his parents hate him. And it's like awful. Like you feel really bad for him. You can also probably empathize with some of your life going wrong because nothing's going right for this guy. And I won't spoil it, but the idea is that he's picked to be a ship captain to be kind of a, is it called Patsy? When you're like the fall guy? Yeah, you're the Patsy. Yeah. Uh They basically like this criminal organization wants to have a captain that really isn't a captain. You know, it's just kind of like there for looks. Gotcha. So they can do all this nefarious shit. What an interesting topic, by the way. And I would have never thought of that. But the point is, it's really about this guy who never got anything handed to him, always got shit on. Now he's in this really weird position where he supposedly have a really cool job and he's like feeling good about himself. But everyone's still just acting behind his back. And they know he's the fall guy. And they know he's the fall guy. For. Yeah. And we don't know if at the end of the episode, season he'll find out or not. But it doesn't matter. It's so funny. It's so written so well. It's super dark. There's some fucked up killing, okay? Because it's about criminals. Okay. Is and this like an adult cartoon? Or do it's you think an it's adult cartoon. For... I mean, okay. it, in okay. the first episode, I believe, someone gets their eyes poked out with knives. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> But they do it so fast, like a Rick and Morty, where you're like almost desensitized to it. They're not like focusing on it. Um, I don't know. I think it's par for the course because it's about a criminal organization that's terrible mm-hmm. next to the innocence of a very, you know, uh, what's the word? Bewildered and doesn't know, ignorant kind of character. 
It says called Fall Guy. What's it called? Oh, it's called uh, Captain Fall. Captain. Oh Fall. yeah, it's in okay. the name right there. Fall Guy. There Captain you go. Fall. Captain Fall. I'll put on my list. And that's really all I had besides Joyride, which I might download. I heard it's really really good by some of the people who made Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, oh yeah, I've been hearing it's got about an Asian that one. cast, and yeah. uh, it looks really fun. It's on video on demand on Amazon. I so believe so. Yeah, I think I'm gonna rent it tonight. All right, cool. All right, I got a number of things here to talk about before we go. Speaking of um, um, Asian American representation, I just finished American Born Chinese on Disney Plus. Yep. What a great fucking show, dude! That show was so good. I know I, I went on about it last episode, but just a quick recap. Um, this is a story about a uh, first generation Chinese boy. Parents came over from China to start a new life, and so he has the you know too Chinese for America, not Chinese enough for his parents, kind of that weird first generation thing that people who have uh, immigrant parents might go through. Um, on top of that, there's a war in Chinese heaven and one of the people from uh, heaven comes down, needs his help to take care of some stuff. Um, so there's mythology. There's um, like wire foo fights that happen. There's comedy. There's like teen awkwardness. It just blends all of those things together. And I just finished it. Man, I thought it was so fucking great. Like it was really strong all the way through. Um, a lot of stars guest in it. A lot of famous Asian actors. Um, just excellent, excellent stuff. Very, very well done. So huge kudos to American born Chinese. I really sincerely hope they bring it back for a season two. Um, they kind of leave it open for a season two and I fingers crossed, um, but we'll see. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. Um, next, I rewatched the uh, Netflix anime series Pacific Rim The Black. Uh, I'm a huge Pacific Rim fan. Uh, number one, the first Pacific Rim, probably one of my favorite movies of the last 15 or 20 years. I just think it's so great. I have all the little robots in my room and stuff. There, I love Pacific Rim. Guillermo del Toro, brilliant stuff. Um, number two, not so great. But Netflix picked it up for a connected but not yet connected series called The Black. It's fully animated anime style series about Australia where uh, bad things go down in Australia. The Jaeger program closes down. Jaegers are the big robots that they pilot in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, the kaiju kind of take over and there's some kids who are left behind to kind of like pick up the pieces. Uh, I, you know, I watched it when it first dropped and I wasn't too crazy about it back then. But I think honestly, part of that was just. I didn't really care for the anime style of the characters because they just all look like pretty typical anime. Um, I just personally not a fan. I mean, if you like it, that's cool. It's, I'm not bashing it or anything. It's just not using my jam. But I went back to it um, for whatever random reason. And I really liked it a lot more the second time. Uh, once we went through it again, I really did think they took um, the property that I love and did, did a better job with it, honestly, than I think the second film did. So I think there's more Pacific Rim content out there if you like. There's actually a second season, which I haven't started yet, but I'm going to watch that as well. And I think the Jaeger in Pacific Rim, it's called Atlas Destroyer, is fucking cool. I think it's just so cool looking. And I just had a, a really good time with it. I'm, so, I'm glad I went back because I liked it so much more the second time around. So anyway, Pacific Rim The Black on Netflix, uh, two seasons. Check that out. Um, watching Creamery season two. I believe that's on Amazon. By the uh, way, I started what? that. Creamery? Yeah, I tried to get into it. Oh my I god, I love it. Creamery. It's so fucking good, dude. You didn't like it? No, I couldn't. I mean, man, I, I, was it New Zealand or something? Yeah, they're like, in New Zealand. Yeah, it is. I normally am into like their comedy too, and I like the trailer. The trailer was really good, by the way. Yeah, I was like, I was all in, and the idea that all the men are gone, and I think you brought it to the show already before. Yeah, we talked about yeah. season one. Season two just dropped uh, like two weeks ago or something. So I just couldn't get into the flow of it. Like, there's certain oh, things man. that vibe with people you know mm -hmm. and man the vibe 
bothered me. Oh man, I love I love Creamer. I think it's really good. Did you watch Deadlock? I know we went on and on. I, d- I don't that. think I like that either. There might be a certain style that so you like. So maybe you don't and like don't New like. Zealand comedy. Maybe that's no, 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 no. That's not it at all. Auntie Don is one of my favorite. Um, they're Australian, but you know, like I love it. and I Flight of the Concords and stuff like that. There's tons well, of stuff that is like Australian slash New Zealand. I feel like you should like this, dude. I feel like this is your jam. Then okay, I'll tell you why. Okay, you want to break it down real quick? We're, sure. we're already going long, but. Sure. The very first episode. Wait, hold yeah. on. My PlayStation's making noise. Can you hear it? I can't hear anything. Okay. I'm going to try to make it stop making noise. It's fine. I can't even hear it. PlayStation makes noise just by on its idle screen. Sure. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Um, so at the very beginning, the the one girl is being mad at the girl who's talking on stage and throws a drink at her. Yes. And then that... It's, I hate all this. The flow is terrible for me. Uh, where like... She gets in trouble, so the security guard comes over, who's also a girl, and like it looks like they're going to arrest her. Yes. She pushes her, and now it's a different scene. Hate that. Thought it was like, am I going to a different dimension? It's later or something. She's somewhere else. I'm confused. Then she makes out with her because, of course, it's like that tension moment. Why do you keep doing that? Oh, because I love you. And then they're just making out. And just that whole scenario felt bad to me like i didn't feel believable i didn't believe that moment i hated the transition and that was enough to make me stop watching for a minute (laughs) that's weird i mean they go into that like those people have a relationship like that whole thing was kind of a put on like they go into it a little bit later on okay it wasn't just like a random event or anything i didn't think so but i I still also didn't buy it like i didn't Mm. believe what was i was seeing well for for people who have not seen creamery carlos has kind of touched on it already there's a virus that goes around on earth uh, ostensibly every man on earth dies because something about the virus kills the Y chromosome. So it's a world full of women. Um, we join it like five years after this has happened. So people, the women r- left have picked up the pieces and rebuilt their lives and stuff. But then out of the woods, a guy shows up like he is somehow randomly immune to the virus. And so what happens when this guy shows up? What does it mean to these women? They kind of go on this like, I mean, it's comedy, like it's comedy. It's also a little bit of sci-fi. It's a lot of social commentary as well. Um, And so they just like this guy is in the midst. What does that mean for them? How does it mean for society? How do you deal with this guy? And then it kind of goes on from there. I think it's fucking brilliant. I love Creamery. I think it's so good. We're almost done with season two. We've only got two episodes left and I've just been digging it. I, I, you know, maybe it's not for everybody, not your jam. I totally respect that. But me and the wife think it is really fun and we really like the show a lot. So definitely recommend it for sure. Mm. Um, I watched Twisted Metal, which just debuted on Peacock. Have you seen that? Oh, I've heard so many bad things and seen a scene that made me very uncomfortable. Go, go ahead. I did not. So I wasn't sure what to make of this. Um, it has, oh, I forgot the guy, the guy who played the Falcon. What is his name? I love that guy. I feel bad I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, actor. yeah, I know. Yep. Great actor. A great actor. Um, so Twisted Metal, random property to re- resurrect after all these years uh, to make a TV show out of. Basically, it's a post-apocalyptic bad stuff happened all the cities put walls around themselves so only good people are in the cities and everybody bad is out in the outside he is a delivery driver that shuttles back and forth between cities and um there's lots of car combat all the cars have missiles and machine guns just like twisted metal the game if you remember it back from the playstation days it was pretty popular back then haven't heard from it in a while uh but it was pretty large back in the 90s and even the early 2000s um so that's kind of the premise uh and in the opening 
opening show, he gets tasked with driving to this really dangerous place. And so he goes on this mission to deliver something or pick something up or whatever. It's a weird show because I feel like um, it's got some good actors in it. It's got that lady from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I forget what her name is. And it's got the guy who played the Falcon. And you can clearly tell that I don't know actors' names. It's Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, he's great. And that lady from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like her, too. I forget what her name is. Um, but it's a really weird show that feels like it doesn't know the tone that it's going for. So, like, there's a lot of really bad, like, bad jokes. Like, just really not funny jokes. And the way that they play them, the timing of them makes them it, it's almost like they're waiting for a laugh track a little bit. Mm. It's just a really weird offbeat sort of thing. And if it was just dumb comedy with a lot of explosions and car combat, that would be fine. But every once in a while, it gets like really dark, like serious dark. And it just goes to like like all of a sudden it thinks it's like The Walking Dead all of a sudden where it's like we were joking. He made a fart joke. We blew up a guy with a Gatling gun up his ass and he blew up off the car and that was fine. And then the next scene someone's brother is like killing themselves and his brain goes out on the floor. And I'm like, what, what, what is going on mm. in the show? Like it swings very wildly between tone, goofy, stupid, and like super dark and sad. And I don't like that swing. That is not, that is not a swing that works for me, at least not in this show. And I wish they would pick a lane and stay in it. And I wish they would stay in the comedy lane. Um, but I, I watched two episodes of it and I kind of stopped cause I'm like, this feels weird and a little bit mean-spirited at some time some of the stuff that oh i watched three episodes i'm sorry um i don't know just some of the stuff just feels kind of dark in a shitty way like it didn't yeah. it just i don't know what did you, what have you hear about what have you well, heard well two things one i think just like games if in shows are the same way if it doesn't move you or get you in a couple episodes or so you get, you can be out because we have so yeah. many other things we watch right so uh, I just saw one scene and I'm already out because Will Arnett, who I love, voices um, the oh, clown. Sweet Tooth, I sweet think. Tooth. Sweet Tooth, yeah. But he just voices him. And it's fucking weird because it's just his voice. He's not yeah. there. Yeah, he's like a big wrestler guy it's who a big plays dude. the actual, yeah. actual dude. So yeah. I could never watch the show. Like just that alone, I could never watch the show. I know Will Arnett. I know, I know who that is. <laughs> that is a very strange line to draw. What about when he voices oh. animated shows? No, it's different. It's different because... Okay. There's a real actor there, like an actual person. Sure. I sure. mean, you can watch like what the Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's a million different actors in that. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. all foxes, right? Like it, it makes sense in the world. It's a separation I can't deal with, okay. especially because also it's not even going to lip sync right because I do. He's editing. got a mask on. You can, there's no lip syncing. There's no lip syncing. Yeah. yeah, it's just a mask, and you think it's oh fuck that. No, I don't like that at all. And also, it's that same thing of like if you don't know what your vibe is and you're going back and forth between dark and funny. And it's not working, then it makes me uncomfortable. So, I'm I'm passing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm probably going to stick with it because those swings into darkness are just. It just feels really just. I don't even know what they're even going for. Like it, it gets really like nihilistic and shitty, and then it goes back to being funny, and it, it yeah, it's not working. It's not working for me. Um, I started watching watching Takeshi's Castle that has been revived after 34 years on Amazon. Are you familiar with Takeshi's Castle? Um, it's the anime. No, no, no. It is a, it oh. is the progenitor before Ninja Warrior and before oh, Wipeout. Oh, the game show. I know the game of show. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was really popular in Japan, like in the early '80s, I believe '84 or something like that. Became a worldwide sensation. And Wipeout. If you watch Wipeout, 99% of Wipeout is taken directly from Takeshi's Castle, and also a lot of um, Ninja Warrior or Sasuke, as they call it over there. A lot of that is taken from that too. Um, so they revived it. It's been off the air for 30 some years. They brought back some of the original uh, hosts. 
Uh, it's a new game show that they've they've rebuilt, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a Japanese-flavored Wipeout with a little bit more skill involved in it, and it's just kind of goofy. Um, they do a very Japanese-style presentation where they have commentators. Um, not exactly the way that they do in America, but you can kind of see the connection between how that style happens. So it's fun. It's fun to watch if you uh, are familiar with that. I've actually never seen an episode before. I've seen lots of clips, a lot of famous clips from uh, Takeshi's Castle, but never seen a whole episode. So now that I'm seeing the whole thing, I'm like, okay, very easy to see how this has influenced TV afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, the final thing I leave a shout out to is a book. I know we didn't talk about books very often. That big paper thing. That, I'm reading. Like, you know, I'm rereading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy right now. Are you? Yeah. Oh man, I read that so long ago. I have. Well, I, I got the book. It. The book with all of them in it. So like, the, oh, the all of the books in it. Yeah. The collection. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I should reread that. Uh, but no, I'm reading Gyo from Junji Ito, uh, famous Japanese body horror stuff. Uh, picked it up, and man, that dude, that dude. <laughs> you never know what you're in for when you read one of his books, and it is wild. I don't want to spoil anything, but basically, Gyo is about the smell of a dead body and how that affects things. Um, there's something that is causing the smell, and it's not exactly a dead body, it's something else, but then they gotta go through this whole story. Uh, fish are involved, the ocean is involved, ends up with like this huge societal impact. It's a really wild story. I uh, really enjoyed it a lot, but it's pretty gross and I like it, but uh, you gotta be in the mood for a Junji Ito thing. And uh, you know, not everybody's cup of tea, this Japanese body horror, but dude does what he does, does it really well. And I think Yo is a really fun story, GYO. Uh, and it is recommended if you are in the mood for horror, body horror, Junji Ito, anything spooky, spooky like that stuff. It's uh, it's a thumbs up if you're in the mood for it. So we are dangerously close to the longest episode we've ever done because I'm looking at the time code. Let's go for it because I just have one more tangent now. Well, go ahead. I got nothing else. That was the end of the show for me. What do you got? OK, we're going to keep it. We're going to make it the longest episode. Hitman. Um, we, we, I was looking up uh, Blood Money. No, uh, Absolution. Absolution. I went to my PlayStation 4 in the middle of the show. Did you download it already? Made, no, 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 no. I have a question for you. I don't oh, remember okay. this. And I guess I could look on. I thought you were going to say you're going to play the level in real time. No. <laughs> I can look back in our podcast and see if I've done this. But I went and typed in PlayStation. I typed uh-huh. in uh, Hitman uh, Absolution. <clears throat> the single game by itself isn't available, but it's part of a collection that they did in 2019. Uh, HD enhanced collection oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of blood money and absolution so they they sell them together for some reason but absolution's in that fucking thing and oh, i yeah, don't know if yeah. i played the hd version of it you know it's funny you mentioned that because now that you mentioned uh at the end of one of those menus there was like on the dlc menu at the very end there was mention of the hd pack i wonder if that's what it is i wonder if you can get it in there yeah maybe you can well, it, it just, I'm looking at it right now. It is. It's the two games. It's but within the larger Hitman three frame. Oh, I don't know. No, no. This is a standalone thing. It's oh, a standalone, I think it might, it might. It might be in the Hitman. It's 3 called package. the Hitman HD Collection Enhanced Collection for everybody listening. And I would. Rec- I mean, I can't recommend it fully yet because I think I'm going to buy it after this. Okay. It's both games, and I don't know if I played. Blood Money was good too. I like Blood Money. Yeah, Blood Money's okay. I believe that one is a collection of other levels that they kind of repurposed into like a brand new game. I think that if you play the regular Hitman collection, one, two, and three, you're going to get a lot of those levels, I think. It's been a while, but no, I remember that's not Blood cor- Money. No, that's not correct because Blood Are Money sure? was, came out in 2006. I believe it was kind of a, a, re- a remix of their previous content. Oh, we, I'll, I don't know. I'll okay, look so I'm looking. I'm at, this is becoming another Hitman thing. But, but oh, that's no. par for your course for sure. before <laughs> I was on the show. Your course now. Yeah. But so here, check this out. This is a chronological order of Hitman games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It says code, Hitman Codename 47. Had no sure. idea what that what was. That's the first one. Yeah. 2000. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ago. More than okay. 20 years, yeah. Silent Assassin was next. Never yep. played it. Uh-huh. You played it? I did, yes. Contracts was next. Yep. Never played it. Blood Money, 2006. Mm-hmm. That's not a collection, unless it's a collection of Contracts, Silent Assassin, and yeah, Codename 47. I then. think they repurposed some of the stuff from the first one because the first one was PC only. Okay. And it was really okay. janky. They hadn't gotten the formula down yet. So they took some oh, of that. That's a, good, that's a good thing to play then. Yeah, you should play it if you haven't played it. I think you should play I it. I don't think I played Blood Money. Okay. Absolution. Loved it. You hated it. You're crazy. Not, but my, it's okay. not my favorite. Not my favorite. And then Hitman Go came out. Um, um, yeah. Hitman Sniper, which I also didn't play. 2015. That's a fun one. That's fun. Yeah. And then Hitman 2016. Hitman 2 2018. Hitman yep. 3 2021. So the there reboot... Go. Started in 2016, which was still quite a while ago. But all those other older games, um, yeah, I don't remember playing HD versions of them. Well, so you've got some stuff to dip into then if you're in the mood, man. Dude, I'm so excited. That's my tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna go blood. I'm gonna go in order too because blood, blood money is first, right? Yeah, definitely play that first for sure, for sure. And then I'll go and and tell you and remind you why. Well, look at this. You sold me great. on a couple games, and I just sold you to get back into Hitman. You and did. There we go. There we go. And then let, in closing, to make it the longest episode ever, Reservation yes. Dogs also starts back up in two days. So excited, dude. Season Reservation three. Dogs, one of the best TV shows ever. Yes. So good. Everybody so go good. watch it. Okay. All right. That is it, folks. That is a show. Thank you for listening. As always, we want your questions and comments. Hit us up. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or uh, you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, just TikTok to go watch that Diablo sketch and um, probably just TikTok. All right. As for me, I'm basically on every platform, some more than others. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode three, four, seven. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. We do appreciate your time and your listening. And if you like what you heard, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Downloading Hitman.